0: Don't worry about a thing.
1: Every little thing is gonna be all right. From the multicultural history, of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, it's interview time again! This episode, EMT, sailor, MMA fighter, and author Sam Sheridan joins us to chat about his book, The Disaster Diaries, how I learned to stop worrying and love the apocalypse. He gives us advice on surviving when disaster strikes, as well as tales of learning to listen to your intuition, knife fights, cannibals, blood, a piece of cheek, and training at the same time. And now, Quietly awaiting my one-way ticket to Guantanamo, I'm Rich Evers, and my partner in crime, answering hopelessness with a defiant smile and a raised middle finger, Daniele Bolelli, along with our internet guru, Evan Culver. Away we go.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Episode 17, if that's even possible. And I must brag for just a moment. I don't know where this falls in history when you'll be seeing it. But sometime in the next 20 minutes from when we're recording, it looks like we will cross the million-minute mark of downloaded audio on Stitcher alone, and I think it only counts for about 10 or 15% of what we do anyway, so that's an amazing number. Evan, Daniele, that fucking rocks, guys. There you go, guys. I'm patting us on our own backs, but um, welcome back, everybody. An awesome interview today, but without further ado, our hero, Daniele Bolelli.
0: Wow. I'm honored. I dig it. um, Let's see what we got today. Today we have Mr. Sam Sheridan, author of three different books, I read all three of them, all very cool, all fun to read. We'll put the links to his Amazon stuff in the episode notes. And um, yeah, man, if you guys want to check out some good reading, he's a great guy. You'll, you'll hear from him, so you get a vibe of what you think of the man. But you'll be beaten if you don't like him, so you it's not like you have too much choice there. Mm-hmm. But... Um, no, Sam is wonderful and you guys are gonna check him out. Now, a couple of things to take care of business before we get going. Uh, first off, donations. The gentle souls who have contributed a little to our cause uh, will be honored by me fucking up their last names and first names and whatever else. This month we have uh, Jay Pomerville, uh, Frederico Faro, Aaron Dutile. Uh Can't figure out if he was Ryan or Matt Terwill- Terwilliger. Rich, help me. Terwilger.
2: Terwilger is exactly... Or Williger. Terwiliger.
0: Yeah, man. Sorry. We really screwed up I your think name. I you can get the next one now. Yes. Kevin Ryan, I think I can manage. Tana Reynolds. Uh, Joshua Atkins. Joshua Atkins... Um, cool story, by the way. He... Is an Iraq war vet. Uh, he actually didn't want, he said, yeah, if you want to use the name whatever, but I would rather you use the time to mention my friend's book, uh, um, a book by John Healy called Awakening of a Food Soldier. Uh, John Healy was a veteran of Somalia and Iraq. And uh, when Joshua donated, he basically just wanted publicity for his friend book. No reason that we can do both. So we can mention your name and we can mention your friend's book. That's all good. And uh, last but not least, Alex Durward. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. That's really very, very deeply appreciated. Speaking of supporting the podcast, a million thanks as usual to uh, Datsusara, our sponsor.
2: A million and one, if I may, because my fancy big-ass bag just arrived, and it may be the coolest piece of luggage-esque stuff I ever got. And I'm going to run home and get my magnifying glass out so I can see all the micro ninjas (laughs) kicking ass and all the fungus and bacteria that try to attack my awesome hemp bag. But, yeah, biggest fan in the world at this point. The thing is awesome. I'm going to create... Uh, Chris, I'm going to create the the coolest uh, mobile podcast bag out of this thing probably as soon as we get done recording this, and I couldn't be more excited. So a million thanks, and everything we say about it is true, man. It is strong. It is cool, and uh, you look badass if you're taking shit to the gym or if you're um... – speaking of taking shit to the gym, just a quick (laughs) aside. I saw this just last night that they did a study. They did it in Israel, and they did it in – I guess they did it here. I might have that wrong. Anyway, they took the same kind of good-looking guy and they had him go to 100 girls with a guitar case in his hand. Mm -hmm. He went to 100 girls with a gym bag in his hand and he went to 100 girls empty-handed and pretty much said, I really think you're pretty. Could I get your number? Empty-handed, 14%. Gym bag, 6%. Guitar case, 31% actual number received. So, gentlemen... Get the lessons going right now. You don't have to be great at it. You just have to be confident enough to hold the damn thing and uh, learn how to play. There you go. Learn how to play. Anyway. Are you saying Death Star needs to make a guitar case? Absolutely. (laughs) That's the next step. That's exactly the next step. Because then your (laughs) guitar will
0: be Micro Ninja protected, which is just plain awesome. But. Perfect. We dig it. Speaking of Datsusara, uh, if you guys want to check out, I had a couple of pieces that I put on the Datsusara website. One was taken from 50 Things About EQ. Another one, I did an original piece about Bruce Lee. Basically, in, on the Datsusara website is going to have a regular series of Datsusara heroes, meaning people who have broken out of the mold to, to create their own path. So that's the running theme, and these are the first two we covered. There will be more coming up, so if you guys wanna check it out. Um, mm, 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 mm. Our affiliate sponsors, a million thank you to, as usual, to Sure Design T-shirts, who provide us with the coolest T-shirts ever, the ones he makes, as well as the one that he made for us. Uh, we have a few new ones ca- that just came in. So those of you guys who have been trying to order and we are running out, we may have them back by now. So feel free to email away. I've been receiving a bunch of emails last few days from people who said, I heard Joe Rogan say your t-shirts suck, but I love them, Joe doesn't... He's like, mm-hmm. it's all good. <laughs> He's actually in this way, uh, give us good advertisements, so it's fun. Hmm. But um, yeah, man, I think the um, our logo is... Um, the subtle daoist uh, vibe of it all is uh, lost on a lot of people <laughs> because it's a bit about multitasking it's about putting things together that normally don't go together so you can even have the Joe reaction which is well they don't fucking go together so what's wrong with putting you know why are you putting them together or precisely because they don't go together you think it's fun either way uh check out our t-shirts if you want just sh- uh, shoot me an email if you have any question and uh, check out short sure design t-shirts his stuff is awesome yes Also, uh, CoraCao chocolate for the, some of the coolest, healthiest chocolate you can get. And again, I just use the word chocolate, so nothing else more need to be said after that. We'll have the links to our sponsor, to our affiliate sponsors in the episode notes will be there with the password that you can use uh, as a code to get a discount on all these products also on audible.com if you guys are checking out um, you want to check audiobooks we only release twice a month you want more stuff um, to listen to for car drives, work, whatever that may be check that out Um, thank you to Daisy House Music for providing our intro song as usual and then uh, what else? Amazon link, of course. If you guys, um, anything you guys shop on Amazon, if you can go through our link, please, that would be great. Speaking of which, today you'll have recommendations for three different books by Sam Sheridan. So you wanna check those out, that would be wonderful. Do you, do you know if any of Sam's books are on uh, Audible? Audible, I haven't checked. Mm-hmm. I'm a bad human being, sorry. So, but like go check it out, see if they are there. And um, yeah, that's actually a good reminder. Um, had I been, had I been the perfectly organized Taoist, I would have checked it ahead of time. <laughs> that's but, the wrong show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm not. Oh, one thing by the way, because uh, we mentioned how we have a forum going right now at the Drunken Taoist. So if you wanna jump in and discuss episodes or other themes, one thing that I wanna throw out there to you guys is um, we're gonna be having. we're probably are going to be having dan carlin coming up soon from hardcore history so i know many of you guys listen to him if you have any question you want to ask him just jump on the forum maybe you want to create a a special topic for it and address it so any of course we can you know ask all of the questions that are going to be thrown out there but if you want to throw in your two cents see if we can use it and you know, we'll ask Dan which questions he wants to go down and not, but um, yeah, that would be a great way to both try out the forum as well as contribute to the show creatively in the sense that we'll be running through a lot of your questions when we interview him.
2: Anything else? I was just gonna, I wanna give a shout out to J. O. Velez in Afghanistan. I, I'm, our map is beginning to fill up with awesome places that we got listeners in, and that's not an awesome place for sure, but uh, his letter really meant a lot and that we can help somebody make it through their day one millionth of a percent better from from listening to this silliness is an awesome feeling and i really appreciate it i started a a drunken taoist um group site on kiva.org so i can actually
0: you send me an email i haven't yeah you can combine everybody
2: together and what they're doing right now sometimes when people give big chunks of money Mm -hmm. they will give those out as beginner 25 dollar donations so you can just go pick a loan Give it to somebody. Somebody else will put the money up. You don't get the money back, but you can watch it be paid paid off. And if you want to contact me, since I am a member, therichimon at gmail.com, I can send you an invitation as long as the money's available. And I think at least half of it's left. So you can watch how it works. It is one of the coolest things in the whole world. I love it. It's fun to give people money so they can get a cow or buy a pump for their water station to help their community. And... It really is you getting involved with the world. It really is the coolest thing you could ever do. You know, you're helping people get some goats, and the payback rate is like nating. No no problem. You do have the land for that, too. Keeping them out of the eucalyptus is the problem, though. So if you want to give the Kiva thing a try, drop me an email at therichimon at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, and put Kiva Invite in the subject line, and I'll pass along a free loan to you as long as they're giving them out. Sam was outstanding. I had not met the man until he got here, but what a cool guy! And his book is really nifty. And uh, for your zombie fans out there, it may be exactly what you're looking for.
0: <laughs> the only thing about the goat that scared me a little is that if I hang around too long with the goat, what if I start finding it really attractive? Is mm-hmm. that that could be bad? Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> could be a problem. That yes, was a cheap shot right there. Good. Uh, Last but not least, I've been doing, well, I always do a million podcasts with um, people who email me, say, can you be on my podcast? And usually, if at all possible, I try. Um, Normally, I mean, it happens on a regular basis. If you guys ever want to check them out, they're on iTunes, I'm sure if you put the name down. Um, I'll put a link to one just because Guy Evans asked me to, so I'll make sure to put it in the episode notes, but you know, there are a lot every month being done that way. Without further ado, I'm gonna shut up because I'm tired now, man. It's like this intro. I'm like, huh? Who am I again? What are we doing? What's the uh, sh- the rest of the conversation? I was actually awake when we started, so it's just now that I'm passing out. But
2: yeah, to everybody who's worried that Evan was was away, he's back with us. So mm-hmm. there he is,
1: right, laughing. Right.
0: Now you guys, be good humans. Have the most amazing day you could possibly have, and. Um, Sweet dreams. Okay, guys. Here we go. Mr. Sam Sheridan here with us. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, over. my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Uh You just published a book, uh, The Disaster Diaries. We're going to get into it in a little bit. But before we even start into specific books, you actually published three different books. Um, I like... Each one as much as the next, pretty much. But actually, I'm curious. That's me. How about you? Do you have a favorite or?
3: Uh, I don't. You know, I I obviously I love them all. I mean, it's I always think it's hilarious when people will come up to you and say, um, "Oh, you probably get this all the time, but I really like your books." You're like, dude, you're never gonna offend me. <laughs> li- I mean, I put a lot of time into this shit. Right. Like, you're never gonna make me right. embarrassed or sad or anything, you know. If if you know, it's like I put I love it, and I put a yeah. lot of work into it. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I just was looking at, you know, obviously some of the ideas come and go, and and I think, uh, you know, my your voice changes, and and uh, what you think is good writing changes. But uh, I I I don't I don't know. Fighters the first book, uh, Fighter's Heart, may not hold up as well. Why? It's kind of long, I think, um, and uh, I think I've gotten better at you know killing my darlings, murdering my darlings, and and and, and editing myself, and and sort of seeing the the pure, clear idea, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, like you say, it's the first your first book. You gotta you gotta work work through a few issues and stuff like that.
0: And for everyone else, uh, a fighter's heart is. Sam's story through crazy MMA, all sorts of fighting experiences from going to Thailand to train for months at a time and picking up a fight over there to training MMA with Pat Militich to, you know, it's kind of an exploration of the world of fighting on a very personal level, it's his own journey. In uh, the fighter's mind, is more of a philosophical debate, Evan, where Sam goes to travel around a bunch of different, some of the top from MMA, wrestling, boxing, you name it, some of the top guys in the business. And one of the big questions is the mental aspect of the game, is how do they handle the psychology of fighting, which we're going to get into some of these topics as we chat. And last but not least, the Disaster Diaries, we're going to chat more extensively <laughs> soon, so we're going to get into that, but... Um, one thing that s- jumps out in every one of your books is the fact that you have a, you have had a rather peculiar life to say the least. You know, you have been from nine yeah. MMA, you have been a sailor, right. uh, you have been a firefighter, Filthy sailor. Yes. Yeah, your, your bio sound like something straight out of Jack London. Or something.
3: <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It doesn't, it didn't seem that way at the time, but definitely, uh, on paper it's uh it looks kind of silly like i would apply for jobs and people like laugh at me you know so yeah you know it's just um it was always about kind of spreading your net wide and taking the best option available and i was i was real lucky that uh you know i got out of college without a lot of debt uh you know my parents were very emotionally supportive of Mm -hmm. me doing crazy shit you know they couldn't be financially supportive but they were emotionally supportive and uh you know, uh, once you start, it's like a little bit like anything. Once you start down a certain path, you end up following that path. So if you start being a hippie, you end up being a hippie for a while. You know, and and, right. uh, and uh, it's easy to kind of keep traveling. And and um, you know, like I always say, like you know, don't buy a stereo, buy a plane ticket, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, and and that's what uh, especially for for you younger guys. I mean, it was always like, man people you know will write me i'm like oh i'm so worried what am i going to do i'm 23 years old you're like just fucking chill dude like you know right. i think you know figure out your career by i used to say 30 now i'd say 40 <laughs> <You know laughs> what i mean like if you've got like a little bit of income by 40 fine you know right what i mean it takes a lot of time especially if you wanted to ever do anything creative you know what i mean it just yeah it takes forever like it, it, even for painters i used to paint in college and and it was like you know, the whole 10,000 hours thing, right? you got to push pain around for 10 or 15 years before you even can develop anywhere. Right. And, and certainly trying to make money, you know, writing books or doing anything creative, you're going to be hungry for 15 years. Yeah, basically. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just be used to it.
2: But didn't you find that the hunger sort of feeds the desire? Well, yeah, you learn it. you've you're... got to love that art, or you're not going to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you've got to be willing to starve.
3: Yeah, for real. And it makes you want to do something commercial. That's, <laughs> Absolutely. That's, yeah, which is good. But there's so many of these
2: twenty-year-olds right now that are like, "I want to be instantly famous." I want to, you yeah. know. And nobody seems to be willing to pay their fucking dues anymore. Right, right, right. And I, I don't know if you guys see that, but I certainly do. Are you you're close to forty?
3: Uh yeah I'm 38 yeah I'm so, right yeah. there yeah no I what's def- wrong with these kids today <laughs> hey. yeah, no, exactly don't get me into that whole thing <laughs> I mean I think Homer wrote that shit right yeah well
2: we <laughs> tell all the time that there's a damn Egyptian uh, obelisk somewhere with right it, with Instead, next generation
3: will destroy yeah. Us. Yeah. <laughs> right
2: right totally. but I think it's awesome that you found at the right age that
3: yeah try it yeah well I get very lucky too you know and I think. There, there is a lot of luck involved but you know that's also there's some stoicism involved which is don't quit and don't give up and it's up to you about quitting you know even if you have to get a regular job and you're shoveling shit you know you can still put some money aside and put some time aside and yeah. you know get up early and, and write you know Anyway. Yeah, basically, because that's the
0: typical excuse is uh, I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time, which is true, because it's like sure. which one of us has mm-hmm. some fucking time? You know, ninety percent of the like it, <coughs> I want to have the time to be able to get into my yeah. project, and and the reality is that most of it you can't. Except that you do make crazy time, which normally you wouldn't think of it by cutting out a lot of
3: other stuff. Absolutely. And if you, if you want yeah. it, you make it happen or otherwise yeah. you How don't. How much TV do you watch a day? I mean, seriously, exactly. guys. It's like, exactly. I mean, I don't watch much and I watch an hour probably, right. you know, like a basketball or whatever, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Or cartoons or something like yeah. that yeah. with my kid. So, you know, and it eats up, you know.
0: Yeah, that in that sense you have to be disciplined you have to sit down and just really put it down on yeah. papers like from this time to this time yeah. I'm working on this stuff
3: yeah I always it. remember uh, what's it's Scott Thoreau that lawyer who mm-hmm. wrote all those but he used to get up at you know four and write till six and then go be a fucking lawyer all exactly. day exactly yep. and he ended up you know where it ended up working out, and I, that's how I write I get up very early I get up at 3.34 mm-hmm. and I write you get up at 3.34 yeah I mean naturally Jeez, I just pop so out s- bit. it's like it's really? having, uh, I, have insom- I have the bad insomnia where you wake up and can't go back to bed what time do you go to sleep it's time not- east coast time you know i try to go to bed before 10 but i don't like if i i have problems. you don't get that much yeah right? i get like six you know five there's um
0: or some uh, a listener who put together an awesome drunken tau strain of weed that's
3: particularly <laughs> you
0: with that kind of thing <laughs> so. yeah yeah i wish the <laughs> sleepy, time, <laughs> sleepy
3: bear yeah it's, it's, you know it's funny i cannot smoke weed anymore either i can't do it like yeah, when really? i go on real, i can't do it man like my brain is just it's like Dude, it's barely working. <laughs> like, I start messing what with it, forget it, dude. What happens? I get super paranoid. You get paranoid. I can't. Wow. I can't follow a conversation. I can't even follow a movie. Really? Like I try to watch a movie and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like I don't know who, who's that guy. Who is that? You know it's crazy how chemistry works, that way. Because <laughs> I used
0: to smoke a ton. Yeah. does nothing to me. Oh really? I mean, literally, yeah. like it relaxes yeah, tough, me this though. much, it. Yeah. and like with uh. it does not. If I take any kind of edible, oh. it knocks me out for like, oh,
3: yeah. it's bad. Yeah, for yeah. Me See, I don't if, mind the edible, though, you know, I haven't done it in a long time. Right. <laughs> but, uh, Watch out for the honey. That's all I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The brown. I mean, uh, the brownies actually I like because I would drink, right. the, you know, and all that. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation for that forever. As soon as you start telling drug stories, you're know, like, yeah. oh, no, there goes the day. <laughs> <Well>.
0: <laughs> so, no, let's backtrack to something else instead. Uh, you were born in a rather odd place, I would say, after in a oh, yeah. disaster diaries, uh,
3: Old Deerfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's a funny. It's a historical village, um, and uh, you know maybe it's like a mile long, and it all looks still like it's you know it's not Sturbridge, which mm-hmm. is like people in acting clothes and stuff. Right. But you know maybe half the houses are like that, and they're they're uh, little docents that take you on tours, and it was very famously massacred by Indians in 1704. Uh, the Indians and French uh, came over the wall in the winter. It was early spring, so there's snow on the ground, and they took, and you know, they killed fifty people and took like a hundred and eighty captives and marched them to Canada mm-hmm. from Western Mass in the winter. And it's all true. It's like a, you know, and then you know, they of course uh, that kind of that's how they used to grow their tribes. So they a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Kids were brought into the tribes and then they were later redeemed by quote unquote redeemed by the Christian missionaries right. in Canada, and then half the little girls, you know, of course were married and had kids and didn't want to didn't want to leave and, and uh, yeah, it was a wild story. So I grew up there and, and you know they used to actually uh, when I was little there was they used to do a, a troop an acting troop would come through and recreate and mm-hmm. like be like fucking indians screaming in, in the night and you're like i mean i was like seven or eight like right. terrified <laughs> you know what i mean like like looking out the window every night or the indians coming through the corn you know what i mean and and uh that explain a lot about yeah yes. doesn't, it? doesn't it when i started thinking about it, i'm like that actually makes perfect sense but they didn't throw in that if the indians
2: hadn't come they would have eaten half of the of their own people to get through the winter and
3: anyway. yeah yeah so, yeah right like jamestown right they right. just found that yeah. It's, it's a rough it's a rough it was funny I was thinking about writing a screenplay like what if I did like a horror movie about it? and they're like life in the 17th century was a horror movie yeah. there's no <laughs> need to fictionalize anything like there's scalps hanging in this town square and like it's They're
2: awful, dude. It's so awful. People had to make the decision, I could sit here in this shithole I live in, or I can throw the dice for real and go to an untamed place yeah. that I've never seen before in winter. Yeah, it's going to be okay, awesome. Okay, that sounds better. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be awesome. So it had to suck. I mean. that us yeah. say
0: something, yeah. Holy shit. But I mean, yeah, the culture of uh, native tribes on the East Coast is bizarre because the stuff you were saying about taking captives and you are really once you are taken captive usually one of two things happen either they don't like you in which case you get tortured to death at the right. stake or Orp. they like you and they treat you like a god they adopt you as a family member and there's at that point you are one of them and right and in fact as you say there are the cases of people who have been adopted who suddenly are part of this community there's all these bonds that are created sure. and they never want to go back yeah and yeah. there's a, it's really a trip because it's not like you can say these are these bad awful guys well they are and at yeah. the same time you can't just say oh no but they are these amazing sweet there's also that oh yeah they are both at yeah, the same yeah. time no totally
3: totally that's a Yeah, you right gotta watch there. out for the noble savage you know yeah. what i mean that rousseau like which i always was i've beca- become very aware of i'm reading uh pinker's book uh better angels of our nature mm-hmm. have you seen that thing and it's blowing my mind and it, yeah. we can get into that later but yeah it's so interesting about that whole that whole thing and it's something i dealt with in this disaster diaries because i went and uh you know spent time with this inuit guy Mm -hmm. and i had to be careful that i didn't you know turn him into like the wise sure because like you know they obviously they have terrible problems and and alcoholism Mm -hmm. and diabetes and you know and yeah he knew a shitload about the land and about being surviving up there but but that's like goes back to that people craving
0: si- simplicity to the point of yeah. wanting to oversimplify so they have to yeah. turn everybody into the archetypal perfect wonderful wise guy or the evil villain who's out to sculpt. Yeah. most people are a mix of both yeah yeah um, I've sort
3: of I've tried on a motto that nothing is simple nothing is ever simple i, I think it works fact. yeah. Uh, you know, like we're not talking about other people's marriages and stuff. Like, nothing simple. <laughs> and it right. sort of holds for that. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And I don't know if it holds for everything, but I think it might. Yeah. Or politics. You know, nothing simple, guys. You know. Anyway. No, because it's true. Like you, th- you end up oversimplifying
0: reality yeah. out of laziness because you want some simple picture yeah, of life. To that you're drawn a clean narrative. Exactly. Yeah, yeah
3: totally.
0: Whereas uh, the, what makes it interesting is that it's not clean at all and it's complicated and messy and is like... You ever watched that TV show Rome? The, yeah, uh, I saw HBO that. One? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I thought it was fucking awesome. It was a great show.
0: The same guy that you are, you think, oh, he's so sweet and nice. The next second he's bashing somebody's skull yeah. into that was a wall because you looked at him the wrong way. And you're like... yeah. So he's a really bad guy, except that right after that, he does something really sweet. Right. And he, he keeps messing with you. Yeah, you know, like,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was smart. It was, And it was, it's, yeah, funny to get into that Like a little... You know, they couldn't really do it, but it's so hard to get into that older, you know, which I'm sure you mess with all the time. It's like that idea of the mentality of... Somebody in ancient Rome. I mean, right. it's like, you can't even wrap your head around it. Like no, what, not. what superstition meant and what, you know, emotionality, how emotional everybody is in, in, in all the, you know, the odyssey, like they're mm-hmm. always flying off the fucking handle. And yep. like, Killing somebody because they're in a rage. And, well, you know. Mediterranean people—that's <laughs> kind of <funny. laughs> yeah,
0: right. The Greeks. <laughs> that's exactly okay, how it Greeks. is. <laughs> 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 no self-control. <laughs> Seems perfectly normal Sam- to me. Yes, yeah, like Cypriots, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, no, but that's interesting. The whole thing about growing up there—I really think—because the, one of the ongoing themes with you is you pushing your limits, going right. to trying is There's one line that you actually use at the beginning of Disaster Diaries that I'm gonna quote real quick. He say, uh, "Why does every little boy or grown man want to be Bruce Lee or Mike Tyson? It's not to beat up people. It's because, hey, if I were Mike Tyson, I would never feel afraid again." And there's this theme of overcoming fear right. that is very much one of the running trends through *Disaster Diary*, through definitely all the MMA yeah. stuff. Totally. Um, that I mean, I can't really think of a theme that's. Bigger or more important than that. Right. I'm sure there's stuff out there, but that's pretty much at the core of yeah. the human experience. So I'm curious to, I don't know, I mean, there are so many ways to go from here. Anywhere yeah. you want to go with the whole fear theme, you know, why I does it fascinate you? So yeah, it's much? something
3: I run into all the time, and it's something that I always, I mean, you know, I, I'm a tall guy and, and people think I'm tough And it's like, no, I, you know I, I, I'm i like, you know I I was just as scared as I think I come across as an everyman In the books mm-hmm. And people were surprised And they meet me They're like, oh, you're much taller Than I thought Like, because I wouldn't be scared If I was 6'4", like you And right. you're like, no that, that Everybody's scared Of course and, and I even You think of the famous Muhammad Ali rant He's terrified And he's talking to himself You know mm-hmm. what I mean He's, I am the greatest I, I'm God, I'm God I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and you're he's in a conversation with them you know it's definitely about controlling fear and uh, and that was an interesting realization to have and then growing up I think at maturity too you know you, when you realize like nobody knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and they're all just kind of flying and then you know of course you, you do start to know what you're doing a little bit and you figure it out but yeah I think you know I don't know I don't know where where my fascination probably just uh, Typical little boy stuff, you know. You get you get hooked on Conan and and uh, and all that shit, and and it leads you down that path. You know. But I mean, in that sense, it's not even just
0: right? your books clearly cater a lot to a male audience, but at the same time, it's also just a human thing, because everybody, oh, yeah. regardless of man, woman, young, old, everybody, totally. not gets to deal with fear. Yeah. And real deep. Uh, solid fear that can grip you. And whether it's the fear of a physical issue, like a lot of the stuff that shows up in the books, or is a psychological thing, or is in your dreams, or is yeah. in fear of inadequacy, fear totally, of totally. failure, fear of whatever yeah. that may be, everybody has to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Every day of well, their life, what mean, really.
3: The Fighter's Mind, the second book, which was just about uh, the, the mental game and fighting, like, you know, I, I had a lot of people who don't fight at all, mm-hmm. and women, and, you know, who really... It was one of those books they bought and gave to people because, mm-hmm. like, you know, it was about – it spoke to them. You know, my wife was is a director and particularly, she, you know, she had success and then how do you follow it, you know? And, and it's right. like if you're a fighter, you know, coming back from a loss, you mm-hmm. know, or how do you take risk, you know? Like, you know, we talk about guys who won't roll with tough guys because mm-hmm. they don't want to lose, you know right. what I mean? and. and and putting yourself in, a, you know, there's a great TED talk, which I probably, you know, I'm sure everybody's, ah, oh, that's great. But there's uh, about vulnerability, which I think is so interesting. I forget her name, but, you know, it's all that, uh, it's so important to, to understand and and to have some kind of, um, mastery of your own fear. You know, at least, at least be aware of it. You know, that's all you can, you can really do. Yeah, because one of
0: the points that you're making there is the fact that unlike what some people advertise, everybody at one point, or an, it's just a matter of pushing them far enough, but everybody can snap and fall oh, yeah. into the prey of the deepest terror. Yeah. And even the toughest human on earth, it just that means that they have, a, I think it was Greg Jackson in uh, your Fighter's Mind book, right. where they basically say that it's just a matter that ordinary circumstances don't reach the limit. Right. But if you apply enough pressure, sure. the toughest break mer- you. exactly, yeah. anybody breaks. Yeah. It's just a matter of yeah. pressure.
3: Yeah. And Randy Couture would talk about that too. Like, What's Couture? Yeah, yeah, you know, you can push, you know, guys... I never saw, he said, I never saw, you know, you can never break him in a wrestling practice, mm-hmm. but you can still break him. I mean, of course, of course. like, you know, torture works. You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. I can yeah. fuck
3: you up. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if, if it gets bad enough, you'll break and you're human. And, and uh, I think it's it's such an important thing to realize, like, that circumstances do have so much to do with your, your, your mental position. I mean, you know, it's like... Uh, You know, people who think, you know, I was doing a lot of research on guys in prison and and they think people are, you know, bad or good. They're like, oh yeah, but this guy, he went through the same shit and he's okay. He didn't kill anybody when he got out. Or he was abused and he didn't kill anybody. And it's like, okay, what you're really saying is that Okay, people are into you know either good or evil, and that nothing matters, and mm-hmm. then we have nothing to talk about. It's like right. you have to, you, you can't, you can't do that. Like it doesn't. It, it, I just That's don't simple. believe it. Nothing is simple, right? Like you no, know what I mean? Absolutely, it's, it's, it's exactly right. You know, and it's it's that thing. You know, it's it's uh, like oh, you know, the the the, the Columbine killers were were uh, they were they were just you know anomalies. No, they weren't. Right. I bet we get into it i bet if you really could get into it there's some shit in there you know some abuse and blah 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 yeah, da, of da, course da, and...
0: but that's one of the things that to me is interesting that uh, one of the essential quality of being human is empathy and empathy yeah. doesn't just mean understanding be having a soft spot for people who deserve it is being able to put yourself right. into the mind of anybody yeah the war serial killer mm-hmm. child molester whatever you Normally, you're immediately you'll recoil thinking, fuck, I have nothing in common with a right. human being. And probably you have 99% not in common. Right. But I bet there's something where oh, you yeah. can see, of course. which doesn't mean, you know, we think that if you understand it, it means you're justified. Yeah. Clearly that's not. Right. But understanding it is key to not only see, being aware of your surrounding, because if you understand where people are coming from, if you can read people a yeah. little better, that makes totally. all the difference in the world. And also, you know, just because I understand you, I may still want to put the bullets in your yeah, head. because absolutely. Of, you may have to. Right. Fine. But at least I know where you're coming from. I get it more. You have the imagination exactly. and
3: the ability to... Yeah, no, I think it's... it's Again, that, that Pinker book is so interesting because he talks about how, you know, violence has been on a decline with mm-hmm. civilization. And uh, and one of the things is the rise of empathy. And I always... I really link empathy to literacy, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the great um, example I always think of is Uncle Tom's Cabin, which mm-hmm. was, you know, Harry Beecher Stowe. And she wrote this book... And all these white women in the North thought about losing their children Mm -hmm. in the slavery situation, and it blew their fucking minds. Right. Because they had never done that before. And, like, they hadn't even. And I think the rise of that kind of novel really. You know, it opens that door where you yep. can put yourself in the eye in the in the zone with the other and and walk those steps, and then you think, yeah, fucking slavery sucks. You know, like that's right. like that would suck if that happened to me, and and you just hadn't done that. You know, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so important, and and and, yeah, I absolutely couldn't agree with you more about understanding being. How are you gonna beat somebody if you don't understand them? Absolutely. you can't do it. You're gonna lose. you're gonna you know you're gonna make it worse and worse. So you know if you want to defeat somebody, you need to
0: understand them. in fact, if whether it's conflict, whether it is a matter of actually understanding so that you do see it and you don't get into stupid conflict that are needless because you can actually mm-hmm. you see where they are coming from and you can find a, some common ground or whether, you know it can be from the most yeah. benign to the most aggressive point, but the point is, that just give you greater understanding of humanity. yeah it's never a bad thing yeah but uh, yeah the thing you say about mm, books and movies in that way you yeah. know, anything that evoke emotion that's what why art is so amazing in some like whether it's mm-hmm. music, books, cinema, painting, whatever that may be it takes you out of the narrow confines of your own experience and make you part of something greater, make you feel something mm-hmm. more. That's why I'm always weirded out when I see people who go watch a movie and they walk out and it's like nothing happened. It's kind of like it's purely two hours of entertainment. And to me, it's like, I don't know if... It's just me being a freak or what. But to me, watching a movie is like this deep emotional thing yeah. where I get involved. Like yeah. at the end of it, I'm like sweating. I'm like, oh, yeah. Ah, I yeah. Sort of, I feel like more I'm in the matrix. You know, I leave that thing <laughs> yeah, for yeah, two yeah, hours yeah. and yeah. suddenly it's like, I know kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's almost worse the ones that will
2: come out of a movie and all they want to do is bitch and whine and nitpick. Right. And it's like,
0: look, if you have any
2: idea the miracle that had to yeah. occur for this thing to actually make it yeah. to that screen, right, right, right. you know, you would shut up and at least appreciate yeah. a little bit. That, yep. yeah, you hate that actor or you hate that, de- right. whatever. These people got together and uh, executed this thing. At least sure. give them some credit for yeah. that before you start
3: shitting all over. Yeah, it. I think there should be a law like, if you want to review a movie, you have to have made a movie. Hell yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's the law. Like, right. And, and you know, it's like, didn't Ebert? He Ebert made some terrible movie. All dolls. Think, yeah. Is that, was awful he wrote work. it, yeah. But uh, I love him as a critic, you know, obviously. But, uh, but uh, I feel the same for books, too. You know, people are critical and you're like, you have no fuck like you wanted a different book and you didn't get it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know exactly. so you go fuck. You can't read ever read your reviews on Amazon. No. Don't know ever, everybody's out there as an author, don't do that. No, of course. <laughs> don't ever do that.
0: <laughs> but I mean that's the nature of the business, right? You can please yeah. everybody. The yeah, very yeah, same yeah. thing why people love you is the thing for why somebody else is gonna hate you and that just Yeah, absolutely the nature of things. But isn't it amazing thirty nice things are immediately destroyed.
2: Yeah,
3: one, one thing you can't stop thinking about. No, yeah. you can't. You're like John C in Cincinnati. I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we have a chat. <laughs> That's hey, funny.
2: But... One second. Yeah. This is a, this mic's a little weird. The sweet spot is actually right there. Oh, okay. And you're right. sound yeah. more
3: dulcity tones. Oh yes, well, thank you so much. The okay. One thing away. I wanted to ask you
0: back on the whole fear, handling stress, and all right. of it. Um, what do you think? because clearly the fact that everybody experiences and everybody eventually can be broken doesn't mean mm-hmm. that one should just throw up their arms and say well then that's just the way it is course, because yeah. you're so how based on your insane amount mm. of experience dealing with this topic what um what do you think for you is are the solutions so to speak as pushing the limits of your fear and not being a hostage to fear as much? What is that you do or think or right. whatever? Well, it's the
3: stuff you are. Everybody already knows. You know, it's. It was really interesting doing this disaster diaries because I did a lot of uh, firearms you know, mm-hmm. training and stuff, and I got into stuff that I hadn't hadn't really even heard of, which was the Cooper's color code, and, mm-hmm. and then you get into what stress is doing to people cognitively, which there's some great books. Jeff Wise wrote a great book and. Uh, uh, Lawrence Gonzalez wrote a great book and there's a bunch of really interesting brain science you know that's we're sort of in the renaissance of brain science right mm-hmm. now you know, there's a lot of interesting studies but yeah you know it's this these ideas that that stress comes along and you know can circumvent your prefrontal lobes and can and can sort of turn you into this animal conditioned black and you you sort of you get caught behavioral looping you have uh, Perceptual issues with time and with you know tunnel vision. It's all the stuff you've heard about, right? right. It's like I peed my pants You know, you, you right. know, I couldn't hear anything, you know, and, and that happens all the time You know and and, and basically, you know, it's it's uh, it's the stuff that you know It's so it's it's what the military does You know, it's you train you train you train you train so that even when when you're you are none of your cognition is working. You fall back on this rote pattern you've ingrained. Muscle memory. Yeah, muscle memory. um, You know, your thousands of repetitions and your good repetitions. You know, so it's not, you know, there's that great story of a a, a cop who he would train with his partner Mm -hmm. doing a disarm, and then they would hand the gun back, and then you would do it. (laughs) He came around the corner in a a store, and a guy pulled the gun. He disarmed the guy and then handed the gun back to him because he had trained to do it. Jesus. You he that's what he trained to do. Right. And that's the shit that happens. So like you think you don't need to read the fucking card when you get on the plane, but you've got like it's not you're you're not gonna work. Nothing's gonna work when when those nineteen seconds you have filled with smoke and everyone's screaming, you know, it's like so you it's like the FAA does these tests and people who read the card are like 85% 85% more likely to get off the plane in time. Right. You know, so just read the card. And you think, you think, and know where the X is. It's like you think, you think shit's going to work. So I think being aware of just doing a little research and being aware of uh, of what stress can do and what, what condition black is like. And, and you can't train it. You can't do right. anything with it. I mean, you can do, you know, what sports psychologists and, and you know, and, and what we do in MMA, which is you physically push yourself to where you're sure you're going to die. And then you realize that you're not going to die, and then that moment is a little less scary when it comes again in a fight or in a struggle or if you're swimming underwater mm-hmm. and you're trapped and there's, you know, whatever it is, you, 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 that's just a feeling, right? It's right. like a Buddhist thing, right? Like it's just a sensation. So, you know, and that's that's one thing you can do. So training and, and, uh, and then experience and then, you know, a little bit of knowledge and, and uh, you know, get your sleep. Shit <laughs> like that You're, you're much right. more likely To succumb to these problems If you're already taxed Right like, You know uh, The famous example is um, You know Olivier Lawrence Olivier mm-hmm. Was doing a bunch of shows At the same time And uh, had a breakdown And got stage fright For like 10 years You know The most famous actor Of all time Right But it was because He was so run down Right And then he came into this show He wasn't confident on And there was the sitting That he hated in the front row And he snapped And like I mean, He worked through it Because he's a pro And he did his thing right. But Yeah, it's one of those famous examples that acting guys talk about, but it's, uh, yeah, not getting your sleep, man. Definitely. And again, the drunken Taoist train can help you in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) A little plug right there. um, No, (laughs) the thing that,
0: um, because what you're saying makes perfect sense when uh, for a specific fear. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you have a fear of fighting. You have a fear right. of the war. You have a you yeah, know fear of motorcycle riding. Exactly, a very real fear that you know it's coming up. You have to deal with that thing that's coming right. up. And in that sense, muscle memory is key because yeah. it will allow you to yeah. carry through something that even when your, your mind
3: front, exactly prefrontal cortex is being shut down and Absolutely. the brain is taking over and all that shit. How about for non-specific fear when it's not when? Well, that's the, the bit to the bunch. You know, that's right. what kills you. That's like you know, it's like you take the firefighter and you throw him into situation he has got tons of stress inoculation, mm-hmm. you know. He can handle stress, but when you're, you're know, when you're out of your, you're that's and that's what you can't simulate, right? That's right. what you cannot train because uh, I, I can I can beat you up in the gym all you want. It's not the same thing as you coming home at four in the morning and a guy is right for you behind the door with a brick. You know? Right, you're just not ready for it. You know, and, and even that at
0: least is somewhat similar. There's some muscle yeah. memory that kicks in. What if he's instead is, you know, fighting the gym and then instead be the stress of not sleeping for a week straight because your baby's screaming all yeah. day long and that kind of stuff? Yeah. It's like and it's then, a whole different type of stress. I mean, this and, is
3: what the, you know, these para- the paramedics say people can't dial 911 when mm-hmm. it's their kid. Right. And I was like, hey, but then I talked to a paramedic. He's like, yeah, it happens all the time. Right. They have to get the neighbor to dial 911. And then Joe Rogan's buddy, uh, you know, Redmond, he, he's, when he got mugged, he said he was trying to dial 911, he was dialing 411. Really? And it's like you think, how hard is it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's when hard. that's one of the things that's fun is when people have never experienced deep panic. Yeah. like they have experienced fear, but whatever fear yeah. is, but real serious. It sneaks terror. Up on
3: you, and there's nothing. You know, you, you don't, yeah. you don't know you're in condition black. Uh-huh. Once you get there, you're fucked. It's if you're in what they call condition red or orange. If you can feel it coming on, maybe you can. Pull yourself out, but even then, it's no.
2: Even then, it really sucks. Yeah, but black, is. you are a reptilian mind. That you don't make any more decisions. No, you're yeah, just, you're
3: done. Yeah, you're done. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not. You can't be reached. Is the military trying to reach a point? I
2: guess they must be where they can at least. You can still guide yourself. You're
3: trying to keep guys from getting, and certainly you can push it back. You know, right. you can. It's it's <clears throat> the more training you do, and the more realistic the training is. So the simulations are getting you know more and more realistic, um, and you know they have ships they blow up, and they have you know uh i did this thing where uh like for the cnn reporters you know where they have like amputees that are all bloody that are acting and all that stuff which was pretty wild to see and it was funny one of the cnn reporters who was famous um was cheating mm-hmm. because she knew it was a drill and she didn't want to play it. and she, you're like oh you're fucking it up for everyone because yeah, she course. was like pu- she was supposed to be blindfolded and hustled by the terrorists right through a bloody thing and she was like pulling up her blindfold and laughing and you're oh like, come on you're corrupting yeah. this drill and you're, it's like you're ruining, you're, yep. you're you're destroying the training, and you're actually doing yourself a huge disservice. Yeah, because oh, you're you're too pro for this, and you know what? It, right. It's 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 anyway. So it was interesting to see that happen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Of someone who wouldn't, who wouldn't make the training good. You While know? well,
2: yeah. a thousand people are still trying to rehearse to what to do with. Yeah. Oh, all of a sudden we found three hundred more victims. Yeah. How do yeah. we deal with that? Yeah.
3: Yeah, and and, and, and it's this is the thing is you know it's like the guy handing the gun back. Training has to be intelligent. You yeah. can't. Hope it's gonna work out. My friend, uh, the guy I trained with firearms, Tiger, used to say, "You know, every repetition you put in a backpack, and when you when the when you the shit hits the fan, you just pull one out at random, and if it's a shitty repetition, that's the one you get. You right. know, what I mean, you might get a good one, but you might get a crap. So you got to do it the right way every time. It's crazy. Every See, time.
2: even those infantry guys, man, when they they might just be rehearsing moves to bring teams back and forth, but they are moving their trigger finger the whole time. Yeah, yeah, Exactly yeah. what you said. That yeah, moment. if you're not
3: doing it, you're not going to shoot.
2: And when you lock up, it's yeah. a bad time not to be sending no, and, any lead and, down. And
3: the and time lamp. and time like there was a one um uh they found there was an F- at the FBI range they used to make guys police their brass, right? So they cl- they have to cl- and they found guys in dead in shootouts with their pockets full of brass. They were wow. picking up cuz oh. they cuz that's what they trained. Yeah, Yeah, yeah of course. And uh you know that's what you do. So like, even like I think What's interesting is that training can be having a a bad effect. Mm -hmm. You know, when you do, it was when I trained uh, with Mark Makita, who was the knife, the stick and knife guy. um, He was very, very controlled about how much he would drill you. Right. Because you drill something for a few, maybe 10, 15 minutes. You wouldn't do it for an hour, Mm -hmm. even though you would get better at that pattern. Yeah. Because you start to lose the immediacy of the knife. Right. The you know, reality you of get, it. You, get, you get, ah, fuck it, I can get yeah, hit by this thing. Exactly. And even when we were training with these shock knives, which are these, like, stunner knives, <laughs> and they go, <coughs> and yeah, they freak you out. Everybody's, like, jumping out of the gym, right? Running to get away from this knife. Um, He cut it off after 10 minutes because you got, you knew it was like a bee sting, right? You okay. knew after a while. You get used I'll to it take and it to it it's, I, I it's not scary wrist. anymore, yeah, right? and now it's yeah. bad. Now yeah. the training is having the opposite effect. Of course. Which is interesting.
0: Yeah, that's... That's me- like really mentally weird right there. Because I mean, the reality is, yes, that when uh, when you don't know what it feels like, you, you have all these ideas about what you would do in that situation. Right. When you actually feel that panic, man, it's like, there's something I was writing this past summer that uh, one of the chapters, the title of a chapter was... Uh, it, uh, something along the lines of uh, it turns out that scaring the shit out of you is not just a figure of speech. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> right. Really, like, your body does weird yeah. stuff when yeah. you're in deep the there. Like, it shuts eyes. down. Yeah. You can breathe. Your yeah. muscle tends up. It's like the most god-awful fucking thing ever because it doesn't respond. Your yeah. mind is not... And it's... And the thing that's weird to me is that mm, paradoxically one thing that I find very helpful is something <laughs> that... You know how you were saying earlier, um, they push you to this place where you feel like you're about to die and then you realize you're not about to die and it feels a little better. And mm-hmm. it's, In my thinking, it almost goes the other way around. It's like you push through the place where you're about to die and you accept it, essentially. Right. You yeah. know, Where it's like, it's not so much that, oh, it's not that bad, because what right. if it is? And then it's like you're ready for like the worst possible right. where you have no control well, over anything. Gonna, you're still going
3: to be here. You'll even see that in fights. You'll see right. guys... They want to quit mm-hmm. and the ref won't let them quit. Right. And they're like, fuck, I still got to fight. And then right. they'll kind of come back into the fight. Yep. They might not win, but they'll get back into yep. it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because guess what? There's nowhere to go and you got to deal with it. And uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. It's, it's. I was thinking more after the fact. Like, I didn't die. Yeah. When I was feeling, sure. I felt like I was going to die on this hill or yep. when I was getting put and I didn't. And now I know when that comes again, it doesn't mean, because I, I had this friend was was in Thailand who had never trained past, you know, really three rounds, Mm -hmm. and he was in a fight, and he just, he quit. And I could see, I was like, oh, because I knew within eight seconds, he was like, what the fuck did I just do? Right. Because he just didn't know. He didn't know that feeling of, you just got to get through it, dude.
0: You know what I mean? I quit the MMA smoker thing. Right. Little over a minute into it. I didn't get hit. Maybe I got hit once or something something i was trying didn't work yeah the guy passed ended up inside mount and i tapped wow which was like what the fuck just happened here you know <laughs> yeah. it's
3: like 10 seconds later you're like
0: what did i just do i shouldn't have done that but you know it's that place where oh damn things are not going the way yeah. i want to yeah. i don't like it i want out of here yeah and i mean when you realize it it's like the war the most shameful thing ever because yeah. you're like no it's so embarrassing how fucking stupid do you have yeah. to it helps in the sense that then it's like mental fodder for the next tie, where you're right. like in that same place, you're like. Way much heal me now.
3: I'm that the last eight months of my yeah, life. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> not having that again. <laughs> exactly. That's never <laughs> happening <It's> again. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. I had a
0: That's match, very not, viable, not too long after that, maybe like a couple of months after, where it was like really freaking even, and I won the first round, but the other guy wins the second round, and I'm like dead tired to a place where right. I got right to the same spot where I'm like oh man I'm so fucking tired this feels awful I want to get out and I remember that moment as during the match I was in a position of control so I was I had my mind at time to wander for a second and I remember having an image of going back home and seeing my wife and she would be going like hey uh, what happened you know how did it go and I'm like oh I lost why what happened I quit why because I was tired <laughs> yeah. and, you know, right then and there, I was like, ah, fuck. I okay, we to see what happens. Know, I gotta exactly, hang
3: around, you know, <laughs> we're gonna like... see what <laughs> happens in the end of the third yeah. round. Yeah, and it actually turned out well, good. And that's but... what survival is, you know yeah. what I mean? When you read what these guys who go through these unbelievable, I mean, MMA in a ring is totally not at yeah. all like what these people who it's a joke yeah, compared, to... compared yeah. to, you know, uh, if you ever read uh, Touching the Void, you know, Joe Simpson's mm-hmm. book, but it's oh. this mountaineering great book, but uh, and they made a good, good movie out of it, but uh. And over and over again, you hear that like, you know, it's just about getting through the next, I'm going to make it from here to 50 feet and then they make it. You know for three or four days doing yep. that you know in 15 20 miles but they're not thinking about the big picture you're no. thinking about the next it's like staying sober like one it's like hours at a time yeah because if you try to think too far ahead <laughs> yeah. you don't have the energy yeah, for that sober one you hour just, at a time yeah yes, you know, uh, totally
0: but yeah that was like the one i did the se- The second one it was the match i was the proudest of, even though it was technically awful because we kind of nullified <laughs> each other so right. it was like not as cool Ugly. as when you get the big win or something right. But I remember at the end of it, after you know, went to a decision, after they announced it, I laid down and I laid face down on the thing for 25 minutes. Wow. People came up, they were like, ah, oh, good job. And I was like, <laughs> I, I literally had, yeah, you, nothing, you had nothing left yeah. in any part of my yeah. body to raise one finger yeah. Yeah. but it feels good because it's like okay you yeah. know at that point here regardless of outcome you know you can win you maybe are lucky or you're better than the other guy right. you can lose it, it's not about that is you got to the place where you want to quit 70 million times and right. you got through it yeah. putting everything you got on and the
3: line to stu- vibe I and mean, it's like it's Can't. so because, you know now, you know what you're capable of, and right. like I can even, you know, it's why you're who you are. You know, you're a confident guy that that
0: has the understa- deeper understanding. You know, but right there is funny to have those kind of experiences so shortly apart from like the ultimate wimpy shit where you give up for yeah. no good reason because you don't like how things yeah. are going oh, yeah and then going like having the range of knowing very well what it feels to be like the ultimate the wimp yeah. and just stay kill me because i'm not gonna quit yeah. kind of feeling it's, so it's interesting yeah. because yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it gives you an understanding of some pretty right.
3: deep extremes right there well and i think you know it, it's it is really valuable to push yourself i mean that's what my whole like my whole shtick mm-hmm. is about really is like the value of 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 pushing yourself because you know you you may need to and, right and if you know you know kind of where some of your limits are you know you're not going to fold the same way and yeah i mean it's it's and also you know it's more about you know my whole world is made a fire thing which is what i have tattooed on my arm and all it's I like was you know about it's, to ask yeah, exactly it's, it's like you know you don't uh people think they're playing it safe by playing it safe when Mm -hmm. in fact you're risking your soul basically Mm -hmm. by not testing yourself and not pushing yourself because nothing good ever comes from ease No, no piece of art nothing you've ever done that was easy right is really ever that great that's why, to me,
0: the whole idea of the warrior, which clearly shows up in your writing a right. lot, uh, is more than people take it too literally sometimes and think they are purely talking about literally their warfare, even MMA or mm-hmm. some kind of like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, clearly that is that's a very real aspect of the whole thing. But mm-hmm. there's also something applicable to the rest of life, which is it applies to everything else because nothing comes easy. You can right. be an artist in front of canvas yeah. and obviously you're not going to war in a literal sense, nowhere near. Right. But there is an element of fighting deeply against sure. your own limitations, your laziness, your sure. fears, your...
3: Well, and you're not going to make it, you know, making something good takes a ton of work. Mm-hmm. You know, As anybody knows who's ever made anything good, it sucks. sucks. It's like hell, you know, yep. and, and like you got to... It doesn't happen you know it's like beethoven didn't it wasn't easy for him you know i didn't like oh we have this myth of genius you know that like that yeah that all these guys are just you know i remember there's a great um picasso painting on glass right Mm -hmm. and it's like he's painting a goat's head and it it, you know he rubs it out and changes it and it's over seven hours right and they're like by the end they're like oh yeah it looks like it took you ten minutes it's like that's fucking picasso right it's like the you know like the greatest artist of of the 20th century so like it just takes work, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and you, you need to do, like, if you don't get that, then you don't get, you know, you're not going to get shit So done. when
0: people ask me, do you like writing? He's like, no, I like having written. He's like, <laughs> afterwards, when you reread it and you go, did I write that? God damn. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, pat yourself yes. on the back. At the moment, you want to, anything in
3: the universe rather than that yeah. would be preferable. You, <laughs> yeah. know? Like, you know, I actually, I don't hate writing. I, I, I enjoy some kinds of writing. Like, right. I enjoy uh, fiction, like, uh-huh. you know, and I do... 'Cause it's storytelling and it's in but yeah, making something but then making something good. Yeah. Is I mean I write something and it's shit. Yeah. Which is what I always do. And then I mean I'm like a watercolor guy. Like there's like a million layers. You right. Know? And then you have to nut up and do that. And and the, the I think the big bummer is that no one will make anything good but you. Right. You know what I mean? Like an editor really won't help you that no, much. And of like your people around you, nobody can really do it. And like if if it's your book, Sorry, right? You're the only guy who it's can make you it, and the make piece of good. paper. Yeah, I mean that's the editor awesome. helps like sure. you know a little or even a lot, but really, if you're if it's gonna be good, you have to. do yeah. it. and that's why they pay
0: you. That's why right to me is I like the image that they use. I feel surreal to me when they speak of almost like spirit possession, like the muses riding mm-hmm. you in a way. It mm-hmm. does feel like this weird. Uh, you have to get to this other place that is constantly straining to get there. And once you hit that spot, it's awesome, but you're always one quarter of a millimeter from losing it. And so you have to dance like crazy, staying in that space and then you lose it and then you get back into it again. It's like, by the time, it's weird. Like when I write, I eat like a caveman. Like I feel the need for this energy for it. Physically, which all you're doing is sitting down and looking at the screen. There's yeah, but nothing. it doesn't matter. I eat like a caveman, and by the time I'm done,
3: I'm sweating. Like wow, I'm right. I'm physically like. It's like chess engaged. guys. They, lose, like, they play chess and they lose like eight t- pounds of water. Yeah, exactly. Because there's so much going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do that though. They measure them and stuff. Right. And they lose a ton of weight, you know? It's insane yeah. you think about well, I think it totally, I mean, I, I actually haven't really thought about like the muse that much because I'm not that smart a person. Like it doesn't occur to me. I'm like a little dumb. But but uh, I don't eat. I just drink. I drink coffee. I drink right 15 cups of coffee. Right from you know from five until ten. Yeah. So my wife gets up and I'm like, huh? Hey, what's up? <laughs>
1: Dude,
0: settle down. Wait, and and you can't sleep so well at night. I'm Mm. confused.
1: I know, it's weird, right? It's a mystery, uh, right?
3: It's fucking mysterious. Thank
0: you. (laughs) But have you
2: ever found yourself in those incredible (laughs) zones where... Either the muse or you're channeling well, it and it's it, just pouring out of you. No, and but it,
3: it does. Yeah, it comes. It, I definitely can write a lot. And, yeah. and, uh, in every art And when you get out of it, it sucks because you have to. It's, it is. I have noticed how hard it is to get back to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sort of don't think of it. It's more to me, it's like keeping a lot of plates spinning. Like you've got, you've got all this. You know what what it is and what's happening. So speaking of
0: parenthood, uh, you do mention in the Disaster Diaries how that has changed you a bit. Yeah. You, were, you, used to, you have actually a couple of insanely funny lines. In, actually, I think I have one idea. Yeah. Eh? I used to travel light, a pair of socks and the book. And now look at me. I've sailed around the world, I've sparred with world champions, and now I follow my kid around the playground, eckling him to eat a goddamn banana.
3: <laughs> yeah, totally. No, you get that feeling of like you're a Victorian porter. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> the way we travel, like I used to travel so light, and now it's like, Jesus, the shit. Yeah. And a car seat too? <laughs> you gotta be kidding. No, yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, it was really the catalyst for Disaster Diaries, because, you know, again, um, You know, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, I feel pretty good about my chances the world, you know, the shit hits the fan. But then when you are responsible for a kid, it's like, well, do I really, do I really got it? Like, do you really got it, dude? Like, no, I don't. So that, that was really about the, you know, like those, those actual concrete skills. And, uh, you know, how do you start a fire without matches? And how do you make little traps to catch mice and and, and find water and all that kind of well, stuff? Well, speaking of which, since we actually haven't mentioned what the book is
0: about, do you want to give a quick Oh, sure, yeah. So too. The
3: Disaster Diaries was a book about, you know, just getting ready for the end of the world in terms of, you know, uh, sort of ready for all the kind of movie apocalypses and natural disasters that we're kind of aware of and I think are zeitgeisty and, and also... You know, you've seen the footage of the tsunami. I mean, I could watch that footage of the Japanese. I could watch that all day long. Mm-hmm. It's so riveting. It's so because you put yourself there. That's mm-hmm. what, and I think that's the success of the all those Armageddon type movies. Is right. like you're like there's a band of misfits. It's us, you know. But it's like what would I do, mm-hmm. uh, in that situation, and and so I kind of try. It almost it was interesting. Is it became like a MythBusters for. You know, with 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 like what stress does to you, sort of right. what you think you're gonna do mm-hmm. during Armageddon versus what you're actually gonna be able to do. Right. Uh, and and I did like you know stunt driving with uh, with a stunt school for if it's Mad Max, and I you know and did uh, with the Inuit for in case it's the world freezes over and it's an ice age, and I did you know igloo building and stuff like that. And it was just a blast. I mean, it was also an excuse to do a bunch of fun shit. Let's not kid ourselves, but. Uh, it was really, really, really interesting. Right. By the
0: way, what the hell was out of your igloo when you thought he was a bear? Was it did you was, ever found out? Uh
3: I think it was uh a fox. Was a fox oh yeah. that was it? I think oh, it was okay. foxes. It sounded- and you're like they're like foxes sound like people. You're like it sounded like somebody's walking around in right. a fucking igloo, you know? And right. It's like, you know, it's dark out, cold. Yeah, but you're not you, going out there. <laughs> you don't
0: exactly have the tendency to, uh, you know, you sit in your living room, write your book, pulling it out of your imagination yeah. and stuff you go through some crazy shit to write any book you do. I mean, the, the easiest thing would be fighter's mind where you just fly all over the world, interviewing people. Right. That's the right. easy part. Yeah. Everything else, you do some strange stuff to your body to get to the place where you actually
3: write things. But that's the fun. I mean, that's right. the point for yeah. me. Like I, you know, writing is, you know, it's a great way to, for me to get to do fun shit. I mean, I think that's sort of my life philosophy basically, you know, and, and, uh, you know, while I'm still able to do it, um, I want to do that kind of stuff and that's what appeals to me. And yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of misery, you know, like, you, you just don't, you know, you just, otherwise you don't appreciate the right. good stuff. Like, when you, like, get in t- and, like, the hotel room is, like, the greatest thing that right. ever happened, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, this hot water. I don't. <laughs> love it here. This is the best. I know. You don't appreciate that in three days. You know, it goes away. So, like, in order to appreciate the good, you have to suffer a little bit. I think. Should I
0: remember one time when I um, one time in Bangkok when no, <laughs> <laughs> the when uh, I hadn't slept in a bed for like six weeks or something where were you it was camping over, oh, and, right. over yeah, and over yeah yeah no totally and, you know camping not like you know you have your inflatable mattress still, under no not like that like oh, oh. ground and just that's it right? right right so after you sleep on the ground for so long when you actually get in a bed you're like what the fuck is this <laughs>
3: yeah, you know? yeah it's like psychedelic to yeah. lay in a bed <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this no, is when... gonna catch on man <laughs>
3: yeah. this mattress thing is awesome <laughs> no when i when we were even just in uh, arizona with cody lundin and his guys uh We got into town and like, it was like a, eating was just like a ride, you know, because there were so many new flavors and it was only like two weeks. It wasn't long. When I uh, I worked in Antarctica uh, for six months and when we landed in in Christchurch in New Zealand, it was night, Mm -hmm. which I hadn't been for six months and it was raining and it was like my mind like exploded. Like, you know, and even for a couple of days, like you'd be walking along and you'd have to like and hold it together, dude, because you'd want to, like, go roll around in the grass. Right, of course. Like, you'd like, don't do it, man. Like, <laughs> fucking act normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. want to, like, hug and kiss people yeah. and stuff.
0: <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> doing stuff like that is anything that kind of deprivation where you don't yeah. try something for a while and is uh i remember along those lines when um i would want because i'm a big sugar junkie which is horribly horribly bad for you you know it's not really oh, a good come thing on. but it's, at the not same time it's like crack come on. <laughs> sure i give you that but, uh, <laughs> it's worse the worst um, thing you could be doing and i remember i was in kind of arguing back and forth with my wife and she was basically mm-hmm. saying um you know you couldn't go a fucking day without it and i was like. <gasps> challenge
1: what the fuck
0: <laughs> it is like yeah prove it to me go and eventually I said fuck that one year i don't touch it whoa no alcohol no candies no nothing i can have it in fruit that much you know I'll, I'll have sugar, fruit. In, uh, if, a lot of sugar if, in fruit. yeah exactly but you know only like in supernatural okay in the, and i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna load up like 17 no, mangoes Qubis in a like row that. so it's like and uh <laughs> The first time when you actually have a piece of chocolate oh, or yeah. drink this much wine, mm-hmm. talk about psychedelic yeah. again. It's like it's this whole thing where you're like, "Wow!" Like you appreciate it in a way yeah. that normally you're throwing stuff down and yeah. barely feeling anything. Yeah, you appreciate it. No, that's
3: what and that's why I think again yeah, goes to that world is made of fire stuff, and it's all mm-hmm. like part of you know if you don't if you, it's it's hard to appreciate things. Yeah. It's hard to, it's, and it's hard to stay current and appreciate how lucky we are. You know, in the first world, you know, it's like you don't know how good you have it. Unless you try to go without it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And that's why it's fun to switch back and forth,
0: not yeah. to be like in this self denial mode no. because that defeats the purpose, but to switch <laughs> yeah. back and forth. It's like, I mean, even even something like sex, if you skip a few days, yeah. when suddenly you go again, it's like the intensity yeah. level yeah. goes sky high absolutely. compared to if you're going in and day in and day out. Yeah, depending so, uh, time. Yeah, again. You punch the clock. it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it feels nice, but whatever. Yeah. It's like, go no, a absolutely. week without suddenly you're like, god damn yeah. this is the best thing in yeah, the universe no, no, it's
3: really i think it's a, it's a, it's really true and, and and uh it's funny yeah like but also not going without you know it's i i, I you know one of my new resolutions was to drink more because mm-hmm. like don't be that guy that doesn't drink you know right. like, don't fucking be that guy dude like <laughs> that guy's a loser like and i'm like you know go out with your friend because what it means is you're not like doing it like you're oh, i'm working i'm a kid right. uh you know come on dude go have a beer all like, right go out and I you know and I, I I think also there is like there's something sacred to getting tipsy you know mm-hmm. there is like the bacchanalian you know no. yeah <laughs> there is like a rever- you know it's there's something really really positive about it and uh and important that you don't you no, know, all things in moderation. Even moderation, you got to get yep. fucking into I, it sometimes. I like that. I <laughs> yeah, love
0: that. All things in moderation. Even moderation. Yeah, you got get a
3: little buck wild sometimes.
0: Yeah, we're not named the drunken Taoist for no reason. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. you> know? <laughs> that's <laughs> what we'll do next time. Oh, come on, we'll get the fucking. Yeah, hands. let's do that. <laughs> but do you know, it. it's right. We were originally planning to have him at 9 p.m., but now finding out that he wakes up at 3 a.m. <laughs> 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 maybe yeah, you the timing is
3: it This <laughs> is like while the kettle's
0: hot. I'm just surprised the kangaroo balls aren't here to pop a few. Oh yeah, that's right. Somebody sent us from. Australia, this uh, kangaroo bowls bottle opener. Oh, Australians yeah? are weird. What can I say? God yeah, bless them. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. I've yeah. been opening all my beer since then <laughs> thanks to the kangaroo bowls. So I'm, nice.
2: Yeah. So, so what were your sailing adventures? I, I just simply don't know and would love to hear yeah, some Yeah, well, of that.
3: sure. I, I, when I got out of college, I, I, uh, I um, had a family, a, a friend of mine. It's my godmother's old boyfriend had bought a boat. And uh, he was fixing it up. And, like, I went and interviewed with him, and I just kept my mouth shut. It was, like, the magic of keeping your mouth shut, which is, like, the best survival skill. Like, don't <laughs> – because people will assume you know what you're doing. And, like, and he hired me because I was like, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't know fucking anything. But I got on this boat, and, I, you know, the, it, I work hard, and, I like, you know, I can do whatever. And, and I figured it out. And it was uh, – I did a refit and um, <clears throat> ended up going around the world with this uh, 84-foot steel catch, and wow. then I quit. Um, yeah, I got, that's when I went to Thailand, and, I, started, and I, you know, I fought over there, and then I quit, and I got back on a, a different boat with a friend, a 38-foot Hans Christian, and we sailed from Australia to, uh, to Africa. And then uh, years later, I did a couple deliveries, and um, one of them was from the, the Med to, uh, to uh, the Caribbean. So I say I've sailed around the world. I, it's not a continuous line. Maybe, mm, but maybe. I, I, I don't. I don't say I've circumnavigated. Rich, we may want to edit the
0: part about the deliveries, because otherwise we get into his drug business.
3: We so <laughs> yeah, yeah. need to cut that portion what he's talking about. You know. yes. I figure
2: they
0: were moving kangaroo ball.
2: I move a lot of <laughs> sure. weight.
3: I push weight. No deliveries is just moving a yacht for when the when the owner's not on board. So, oh, so these,
2: these rich oh, oh
0: okay, okay, <laughs> rich, no canceled. We can keep that. <laughs> Come on. Come
3: We're
2: on. gonna need it in Monaco at some
3: point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You take it.
2: All right. Yeah. We, we,
3: so, what's long as you be out? Well, uh, it depends. You know, um, out of the side
2: of land. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. We did. Uh, I think Panama to um, to the Marquesas was about twenty six days. Wow. What's Um, it
2: like when you're coming into port?
3: Well, that's what you know. You're talking about deprivation. There is this incredible smell of land. There's this real perfume that you smell for days beforehand. You're like, what the hell? Land stinks. I mean, it's really strong. <laughs> <laughs> is it familiar to
2: that? They call it the petra ochre, which is the 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 scent of rain on land that hasn't been rained on. For, oh yeah,
3: probably. Yeah, it's it very. Kind of well, it's just a pot. It's like earth. It's and, a smell. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Organic stuff, and it was the same after being in Antarctica for well, on the oh, ice for yeah. so long and landing in, in Christchurch. There was this incredible smell.
2: Vegetation smell.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. You know, you it just you get a little rhythm going, and and uh, you know the Indian Ocean was a little bit. Wilder because it was just me and another guy and his girlfriend on a 38 footer and the thing is you don't even see them because you're sleeping in shifts so like you know I see him when he gets wakes me up and gives me a cup of tea and then I see you know then I wake him up and give him a cup of tea you know it's like you I mean I'd see him for 20 minutes a day and we're on a you know, it's as big as this room. You know, the, right. the ship. You know, and and they were fighting, which was awesome. Oh, were, well, she was French and he was English, and they were fighting the War of the Roses. He does not understand me. What? <laughs> we must talk to him.
0: Only you would get with a couple French and the English run along like that's because you love misery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Oh, I got so I was so hungry. Dude. Yeah, I not even get into it, but that was we. I messed up with the food and ugh, it was terrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah. It's it's, it's a blast. I mean, it, I, I do miss it, and I would love to, to introduce my kid and my, my wife to it in, in a way. Um, You know, it's it's hard to, to do in some sense. I mean, if you're a young single guy, there's ways to kind of get on as crew. Um, It gets tougher when you're trying to bring people with you. And stuff.
2: I don't have any similar experience other than a few, like, three-day fishing trips. Oh, yeah. Where you go a couple yeah. hundred miles out. Right. But it's awesome to come back but it's also you gotta love it yeah, yeah no, because amazing. i'm like it's every second, like a kid in a candy store and this is the greatest you know yeah i just
3: love it. what's well, the slowest most expensive and least comfortable way to travel sailing <laughs> you know what i mean it's like <laughs> right the joke is it's like standing in a shower tearing up hundred dollar bills a cold shower like that's what if you want to and, and it is it's terrible you know like when i it was interesting because I, I sailed into uh, to south africa and then i got off and then eventually after a while i flew and it was so weird to get in a plane because I just spent, you know, a year, two years just on boats. And right. teleported home. And I'm like, well, I'm going 600 knots. <laughs> yeah. Dead up <laughs> dead up wind. This is fucking crazy. Like, it would take me, you know, uh, two months to get to yeah. where I'm going. Of and I'm course. getting today. You yeah. know, it was like a mind, mind-blown yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a trip right there. Yeah. That's... No, but it was. I was so. It was so awesome. I mean, I, for a young guy, it's like the best. You know, it was so. I had made money. I couldn't spend it. You know, so I got off. I was backpacking in Thailand or in Australia with thirty grand in the bank. You know, I was Jesus. like by far the richest backpacker right. on the continent. You of know? course, <laughs> like I'd go to the hostel and then I'd go to like a nice restaurant. Right, you know, right, I'd right. <laughs> <I> <laughs> <laughs> did you open it with kangaroo balls yeah
2: exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> nice uh, so yeah it worked out it was, I was lucky yeah I mean that paid for that. me living in, in a Muay Thai camp right oh. and, and getting that first fight and then that, that all led one thing led to another what do you think about the um, in the last book
0: why do you think that people are so fascinated with the apocalypse as a theme what is that because uh, i mean you see it in everything right yeah. every other zombie movie but not only the zombie movies there's also there are a million it's, different it's variations with us, so. yes
3: and, and and it's you know the when you get into like the biblical yeah exactly stuff yeah, whether it's religion or, or and, yeah. uh, and every religion has its own yeah. creation i mean listen the fear of death is with us you know and, and uh it was funny i was talking to this professor about zombies um who like i'm like what's it about what is it about immigration is it about blue state red state he's like well it's about the fear of death it's like right. oh yeah that's what that's what a zombie is it's a dead thing that's it's your death coming right. and and we're all you know dealing with the fear of death and that's you know victor frankl and all that shit, you know this it's so i i think uh you know there is the zeitgeist of of you know we've just come through the millennium and and there are all these disasters and nine eleven and we, we've I think we've seen the footage you know right. we've know what it might look like and and it's a very popular trope and yeah it's always but you know it's it's interesting to see how the disaster fear is like a constant you know it's like the the crusades they were sure that uh, Saladin was the Antichrist and you know the the, the apparently the pilgrims were like convinced that the shit was gonna end. Oh, yeah, got here, you know, Yeah, everybody's always yeah. thinking that the end of it's the too, world too, is now a year or right? yeah, two yeah, way. You know? Yeah, we're like, right oh, those things are really bad. And uh, yeah, that was kind of my, you know, the the, the the interesting thing was the more you get into it, the less scary it becomes because mm-hmm. you see how much how often people have been fucking. Convinced oh, yeah, of course. That this is it, you know? And I mean, eventually somebody's
0: right. Because <laughs> yeah. you <know>, like, <laughs> every eventually. single day people say yeah. it forever. So, you know, it's like... Yeah. But yeah, you're right. And there seem to be a weird... In some people it's not even just fear, but there's almost a yearning for oh, it. Oh, yeah. People no, it's a utopian to...
3: desire. I mean, I right. think there's this feeling of like... Again, there's a myth There's a myth to it. There's like a legend. I mean, it's going to be me, my fucking gun, and I'm going to make a new society, and we're not going to have any goddamn lawyers. Right, you know, it's right, right. Be great, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, I think... Uh, there's a utopianism there. You know, we're going to remake the society's all screwed up and we need to burn it away. And so, that's uh, that's part of the biblical thing. Right. And, and uh, Noah's flood and all that. And, you know... Yeah, I don't know, man.
0: It's it's a it's it's a weird scene. No, but it makes sense because part of the fascination is get rid of all the crap that you yeah. see around you every day. The secular world doesn't start like... A so new my shitty and, job right. that I hate, yeah. and the,
3: my, you know, that I... This, all these things I don't like, they're not going to matter. The boss, sure. right. I'm going to be numero uno you right. know what I mean and, and, the, and they even say like uh I forget who, re- who said it but it, you know that um disaster and uh apocalyptic literature is the uh it's literature of the dispossessed yeah of course you know it's so it's like the Christians in mm-hmm. the sixth century whatever you know like that was their thing because the Romans were fucking yeah, beating them to the lions you know or whatever and, and uh Nobody fantasizes about yeah, the apocalypse when the they are bottom. getting,
0: mas- their feet are being massaged and they are yeah. drinking their best thing yeah. and hugging some, it's like, yeah. of course, you know, you fantasize about the stuff when All life this sucks thing. because Over. you have None nothing to matter. lose and you want to get rid of the present yeah. because that's why in fact there's something that bugs me about the, the degree that people seem to crave it because mm-hmm. there's these kind of, Disturb the relationship with reality, with the present, yeah. with the existing physical world, and there's this constant. I want to get rid of it all because my life sucks. And he's like, "Hey, man, it's my world. Back off." You know. Well, it's
3: it's kind of the alarming thing about like Doomsday Preppers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a there's something a little unsettling and and kind of. And with some of this, uh, the real survival literature that I was reading and getting into, there's like a kind of a self-loathing and there's a kind of like a, a you know, there's like a, an, uh, what do they call it, misanthrope, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they, your neighbors are going to come for your shit, so you get ready to shoot them, you know yep. what I mean? And it's like, and they're very paranoid, um, and it and it all plays to that, that assuming the worst about everybody, because, yep. you know, it's like what's going on inside you, right. you know what I mean?
2: No, it's the complete disconnect. I mean, you would hope that society is the the barn raisers or right. the fire brigade you yeah. know. no my neighbors will come help me when right the words well come and
3: out. that's what so the end of the book I got into that question you know mm-hmm. and I tried you know I, I I was very heavily influenced by a woman in Rebecca Solnit who wrote a book called The Paradise Built in Hell um, and you know people have argued me about it I I don't know I mean there's it's there's not a like for instance Katrina you know that there was there was um that was an embarrassment well and there's all this reporting about uh. You know, there's there's babies are getting raped, and this is the chief of police is saying this to Oprah. You yeah, know right. what I mean? And and uh, that was from a a text message that like somebody sent to a radio station, and there was no cell service in the Superdome, so there was there was definitely like a a, a media idea of chaos and law and order, uh, this disorder that wasn't happening. You know, when they were expecting hundreds of bodies when they showed up, A and P reported hundreds of bodies dead in the Superdome, and there was you know six. Right. And four of them were natural causes. One was an OD. You know, it was like, it was just this alarm, like you know, again this the, the myth that people are going to be at each other's throats. Um, now I've talked to to contractors and, and and military guys who were like, oh no, there's a lot of murders going on. But I, you know, that the can you no, no, the media didn't want to report it. Uh, okay, you but know, there I, would
2: be trials eventually to bring I mean, it all out. You know, you
3: listen, know? those 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 cops who behaved, you know, and shot the guy in the back, they got fucking tried you know and and uh you know sure there were no rapes reported you know does that mean there were no rapes no not necessarily but it's like you know the 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 total breakdown of law and order was a fantasy like people basically behave well Mm -hmm. is is what happens in a disaster you know and i think there's a myth that people are going to be eating each other right away you know, and listen, that could happen long-term. You sure. Know, and it does happen when societies collapse. You know, when, like, you know, when the Vikings, you know, yep. in, in Iceland, uh, there, they, there's cannibalism evidence, you know, or, uh, or other societies, Eastern Island and stuff like that. Totally. When they collapse. But, you know, people even, you know, I remember talking to my neighbors. They're like, oh, I'm worried about the have-nots when the earthquake happens. <laughs> you know, and it's like. Right. You know, uh, or they look at Rodney King, you know, right. and you're like, you're talking about something totally different here. That's mm-hmm. not a disaster. That's a riot brought on by a hundred, you know, this yep. LAPD has its own issues, and I can talk about those as I've, you know, they're really interesting, but it's not a fucking earthquake. Yep. You know what I mean? And people, you know, behave pretty well for the most part, surprisingly well. And, and I think. Um, there is some, you know, counter indications. People do loot and all that shit, but <clears throat> you know, there's also a ton of racism. And you know, like the white guys are right. are are survivors with their stuff, and the black guys are looters. you know, right. And the label on the newspaper. You know? Yeah, of course. And it's the same it's picture, easy. but one guy's black. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Solnit says like, you know, uh, it was as if a levee broke and you know a million, you know, a million racial stereotypes flooded into the city. <laughs> right. <basically, laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, on the on the cannibal story I have some totally random and disgusting story to tell just because this past week I was uh I was training jujitsu and I hadn't rolled in a while and so I was all excited. I was and you know, right maybe twenty minutes into it I got on the receiving end of it was either probably an accidental headbutt or an elbow or something hard toward my face in any case uh-huh. that like and so opened up a gash, and I, you know I'm like, oh, fuck! I just started training. I wanna, right. I wanna keep rolling. So inside my mouth, so I drank a ton of my blood as I'm rolling because you know you have this open gash. But then eventually, as I'm going, I feel this little piece of flesh, something solid, <laughs> which is clearly a piece of the internal lining mm. of the cheek that I come off. And I was like, rolling and I just like, I chewed on it eat it and get it all. <laughs> <laughs> delicious yeah it wasn't bad <laughs> so yeah, was like,
3: just you. What's what, like that like the fantasy that like people are gonna make you crazy if you eat people right, like, right, I mean, right. you'll get the shakes or something yeah. like some sci-fi shit. I mean, yeah. It's just fucking it's like, protein
0: bro <laughs> yeah so it was an interesting i got to train and have my drink snack. and uh, <laughs> eat food at the same time uh, blood the piece of cheek and <laughs> training at the same time
3: i think there's something about drinking blood that you're not supposed to it can make you sick really? or it's too salty or something i think the, it's might be it's too definitely salty. salty yeah so uh yeah, yeah like if you drink salt water you die yeah, yeah, yeah like if you're in a raft or whatever never drink salt water you'll
0: die but then again we heard the stories about like the mongols how they would pretty regularly drink blood cut uh, oh yeah, from the horse, from the horse oh, yeah and uh, drink a bit of the blood so yeah. who knows yeah we should try let's yeah. go. <laughs>
3: there we go <laughs> booze and blood horse? next time <laughs> let's check it out next time booze yeah. and blood
0: yeah yeah Yeah. <laughs> no, that sounds like a uh, excellent plan yeah Uh, let's see a couple of other things I want to throw your way one thing that you do bring up when you talk about hunting you brought it up actually I think in a couple of books is the idea of um I guess for lack of a better term intuition when for example animals feel it if you look at oh, them yeah. you even mention how you shouldn't even be thinking the about them when you're hunting yeah,
3: the, the thing.
0: right so clearly it sounds like you know if we, you we tell it to most more strict scientifically minded people would be like what the fuck are you talking about there's yeah. no physical contact there's right. no noise you're making there's no so none of the five senses are involved then right. it's impossible and if anything happens it must purely be a coincidence right that doesn't seem to be the case because, as you mentioned, it happens with animals, but it happens with humans too. Yeah. A bunch of times when you know when something somebody's looking at you. Yeah, you know when you're you being – you yeah. often
3: know when you're being watched. Right. And, and, and uh, yeah, there's, like, a mystical element to it. I, I actually think probably your five senses are involved in some mm-hmm. level. Like, you're, you're picking up cues that you're not – that's why, like, your intuition is, is so important in certain situations to listen to. That's that great book, uh, The Gift of Fear, mm-hmm. Gavin DeBecker wrote about basically listening to your intuition because – you know you're like you walk in somewhere and you're really uncomfortable and it's because you saw something that you didn't quite register there's you know a car with the engine running or you're smelling something yeah you're smelling smoke it's very you know it's like you're not quite picking up or fear like you're smelling Mm -hmm. adrenaline or somebody somebody's really nervous um yeah and it's like everything you need to listen to your intuition uh and and trust it you know in some cases it can lead to a straight course too um but yeah, the hunter's gaze is, is i mean, I don't—I've never really experienced it, uh, and you know, I think you can sometimes mm-hmm. maybe people are looking at me, but but for the most part, it's um, you when when guys are, are hunting, they'll even have to you know really drop their head and think about being like like Don Don Yeager would say, "I'm a log, I'm a log, just think over, I'm a log." Right. And and the snipers do that kind of stuff too. You know, that like there's a real need to look away, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> you know, I there's a lot going on we don't understand in terms of what you know i think uh i don't think it's mystical i think it's just science it's not really but i mean even that, that well. mystical
0: is like what the fuck does it mean because yeah. mystical is like there's stuff that we don't the fact that we currently can't explain it doesn't mean that yeah, it's not natural it's, it's yeah. just that there's more to nature than we yeah. correctly understand. thought there was
3: shit was magical too you know? right and and, and and i think uh uh, you know, what's the, the what's the, uh, what's the physics? Uh, you know, you can't quantum entangled. Yeah, you can If you look at something, you affect it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and nothing Not my can. New thing. You, you can't be gazed at without you know the right. gaze. And
2: they've even found that if you split a laser beam and let it go miles and miles and miles through fiber optics, and then mess with the other end, the same point that you mess with, even miles away, they will flip their rotations. So they are still connected, right? There's all kinds of weird shit. No, there, there's no it's physical. So con- like yeah, there shouldn't be. It even exists backwards through time, right, so right, that it's right, 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 knows right. That, that. Yeah, I no, like, way. I've
3: definitely felt like uh, you know I'm, I don't believe in like really in ghosts and stuff, except that I do believe there's forms of energy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like I've been places where you know like the Deerfield Massacre, but other I've been on. I was on an island in the Pacific that had been. Uh, everybody had been eaten off of it. Mm-hmm. The cannibals had come the, the king of Tahiti had basically declared war in his tribe and they'd come over fifty years right. or whatever it was and eaten everybody. And that was like you could tell, man, that oh, yeah. was a fucking creepy place. The fear echo. Yeah. Right? And there was uh and and then the um the Anasazi ruins in, in New Mexico have Ooh. the similar like there's a quiet sad thing that happened bad thing that mm-hmm. happened here and i you know i i definitely like i fucking felt it so was yeah, that like Paul post a, collapse when yeah i mean war who knows and, what i don't you know right it's you know were they was it a, you know precursor of the apache pushing them around or you know whatever but th- but they were using cannibalism as well right you know and there was Absolutely. a real t- they were using terror to keep people in mm-hmm. line and, and uh and uh you know i felt like i was picking it up and maybe i'm imagining it but we don't know, you know. I think there's there's more to this earth than heaven Civil now. War battlefields have a lot of that, too. Yeah, so. I'm sure. I was, since People oh, always I talk about, imagine. you know, I've never been there, but people yeah, talk I mean, about those
0: mean, in that sense, the thing that interests me is not so much when you know, because, of course, if you know you're going in a place yeah. with a weird history, nothing yeah. you feel you can fully trust because right. your mind is running. Sure. It interests me to me that how they apply to interpersonal relationships, like reading people. Mm-hmm. Because to me is... Uh, I'm amazed at the stuff you're discussing how people don't trust their perceptions because yeah. I'm like, why would I think it? If I feel it, if right. I think it, there's, I have no reason to have this idea about this person I've never right. met until yeah. a second ago. And it's not an issue. And it's weird to how strong some of these feelings can be. Yeah. And one of the things, and again, I don't consider myself like I don't think there's anything special about me in that regard. Very other special. than the, well, well, okay, there's a ton <laughs> that's special about me, but you know, that's not what I was talking. Yeah, the other that. one, no, the um, like when meeting people, to me, in five seconds you know a ton, yeah. you know a lot yeah. of that person right. right off the bat. Right. And uh, one game that I over time I had fun playing because I realized how weird the effect it has is. Um, either if you are at a party and you are with somebody who knows everybody else and you don't, or right. even looking at pictures, mm-hmm. you are with somebody who knows these people and you don't and you look at pictures and you start going about what you see.
1: Has mm-hmm.
0: happened so many times that whoever I'm telling something to goes white, they're like, how oh, the fuck do you know that? And I'm like, right. it's right there. Right. It's in yeah, their it's face. Right it's right, you yeah. know, it's like that person is sweet but clearly drinks too much right. or this right. one is... Mm-hmm. This one as you know, exactly. Or as, uh, you know, a cool person until you piss them off yeah. once they flip yeah, the yeah. corner. You mean drunk, yeah. And those things are, and it's like, how do I know? I don't know that I, it's not like, again, to me, it could be that there's something physical that you see, so it's through sight. Right. And I have no idea how to read it. It's just the perception realized yeah. there. Or who knows? Again, there's a little more to us that can be explained. Yeah, you're picking up all the, kinds
3: of body language, you know, and th- right. pheromones. And then there's that, uh, like those... uh those micro clues of like you know when they break down frame by frame of guys during the witness stand and they see mm-hmm. them do like little like yeah. little weird faces that are there for a half second you yep. know like the before they lie <laughs> shit They're like that's yep. pretty obvious but right. you can't really pick it up uh, yeah I mean I, I totally you know and that's what that uh, that uh, gift of fear kind of is really harping on it's like you would for, it's you know it's a great book for women because it's like you would never yeah. mixed on you know get in a, an elevator with a guy that scares you mm-hmm. and then you start to talk yourself out of it because i don't want to look racist or hmm. it's like no listen Fuck you know that. listen to that you don't know yeah. that guy like and i and i often you know my mom even said to me when i was younger like if somebody makes you uncomfortable there's a problem yeah you know and, and like listen to it and don't yep. try and win them over and yeah you pick up a lot you know and in, in, uh in subtle subtle ways that you're not even aware of you know and you give off those cues and all that shit
0: and that, I guess, is, again, back to empathy in that regard, because if yeah. you can put yourself there, you can read somebody better, right. because you recognize the emotion, you recognize the yeah. feeling, the energy behind it, that tone of voice, right. that expression, and yeah. it makes a big difference. Yeah. But. Um, and
2: it's funny being in person is so important, because a lot of, they thought video conferencing was really going to kind of explode. Right. But you don't get those micro yeah. looks of the the, the flush of the skin and yep. the way your eyes are moving. It just doesn't work, and it never really took off the way they at home. Yeah, He's no, it's th-
3: funny how much like pitching and trying to sell people on ideas is all about getting in a room with them and getting mm-hmm. them excited. Trying yeah. to get someone excited over the internet is harder, yep. in you know before we continue
0: on with some of the deeper philosophical things <laughs> one quick just nerdy martial art thing for my own satisfaction uh one of the things you write there about uh, knife fighting when you're talking about um training and all of that is that one of the standard things that emerge with a lot of knife fighters is uh, good luck fighting against a knife right. because uh the odds of getting cut are insanely high and if you have two people who are equally skilled the odds that they both die both is are, yeah, pretty sure. high so that on one end makes perfect sense because clearly people have this fantasy of they can do yeah. things that yeah maybe in training with a cooperative opponent whole different story in yeah. reality yeah. what but at the same time when you look at throughout history the fact is people have been killing each other with bladed weapons for sure. a long time and good sword fighters would survive yeah. for considerably longer right. than less skilled opponents right. so the thing is there does seem to be something where even in that kind of context, uh, skill plays a big role in terms of separating who gets to leave and who doesn't, and it's not necessarily that if you enter it and the other guy is good, you're automatically dead.
3: Right. No, I, I would think y- yes uh, with, and, and again, you're, as soon as you're talking about a sword, it's quite a bit different because mm-hmm. you have a lot more range and a lot more distance and a lot more technique is involved. Sure. Uh, when a knife is you have to come so close to me, for you yours to work that you know you're you're putting yourself right in in there with me and i think yeah you know i the the idea is that you know you would never if i pull a knife and you pull a knife we both walk away right you know the, then if if you pull a knife and i pull a knife and a stick right where i i escalate you know if you have a sword i have a sword and shield no. and now or i have a sh- sword and a rapier, you know rapier or whatever and a, mm-hmm. and a dagger so i can do you know and and uh it's it's tricky you know i I don't, I don't you know listen i think training is is super fun like i did a lot of a screamer for mm-hmm. for knife fighting for the end of the world because i wanted to be you know be uh, denzel washington in the book of eli right, <laughs> right. i wanted to be that guy um <clears throat> and absolutely you know it's something that you need to train if you're gonna do oh, it. Yeah, i mean if, if you if you want to uh Function in that kind of space. I mean, that kind of proximity. It's uh, it's extremely important to be up on, you know, up with your timing. Mm-hmm. Be up. To say uh, and your timing. Too. I, I love. I mean, a scream. In terms of, I don't know if you've done. Have you done screaming? A little bit. Play with. I, I would Play-wise. even say for 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 MMA striking, it's great. I mean, it it's is. it's because it, you tighten up and you uh, you really get scared of getting hit by a stick you're mm-hmm. just scared of that oh yeah for no you know you know that's going to hurt so you start being and i think the problem with a lot of mma sparring is you spar with 15 ounce gloves and you get used yeah. to this i can take a couple to give a couple and you can't do that with mma gloves oh, of course. You course everybody's a puncher you know with right. mma gloves and, and it's too easy to get a flash knockdown down and get stunned mm-hmm. so uh you, you even see it guys who are good boxers I mean King mo just got fucking you know KO'd by that dude with a spinning back because he's and he's boxing his pants off yeah and he's boxing with mayweather's crowd and he's you know oh he's doing great yeah but you know it doesn't matter it's not yeah. boxing and there's, there's 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 problems and I think uh so you know uh, i I like to just repeat the uh the uh, richard Pryor joke which is you know if somebody pulls a knife run and if you can't run fly right <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, you know and, and my and mark even said to me he's like if you train with me for five years and someone pulls a knife and you run right then i did my job and i think you know it's it's it is that's the kind of key element is is to be and that's why like i think there's a danger in training too much contact with the knife sure. you know like the dog brothers thing I, I like what they do but i think there's a danger there because you they're they're whacking each other on the head with sticks because they're wearing helmets with yeah, with of face course. gear and it's like it's not gonna work when right. you don't have the helmet on you know and, and uh and the, yes i think it's good to do some of it and and then you have to get off it and, and get back to being terrified of it you right because again there have people shit i actually know a few
0: people who have been empty-handed against knife and walked out okay yeah and i was like damn and not necessarily that skilled. We should right. also say that the other guy wasn't that skilled right. with the knife because right. if the guy was super good, clearly there would be nowhere around. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also, it's like a weird balance between being afraid of the weapon, and rightfully so, yeah. and not be so afraid that you think that nothing can ever be done. Because yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, it was funny, though. I I had, you know, I was, because we would spar with that chalk knife. Mm-hmm. That, and, uh... I uh, I was probably the only real MMA guy in this group and I took a guy's back and I started choking him with one hand. Right. Well and it, well, I had the knife and I had I had to let go. Yeah. Cuz I couldn't hold the knife and he was going to fucking cut me of to course, pieces. Of course. Dude. Yeah. And I'm like, Get you check, know what? Yeah. I had to go with this cho- I thought all oh, this choke would be enough to keep him uh uh-uh. uh. Right. It wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, I had to have that knife. Of course, of course. Now that changes Um, the game quite a bit. Yeah, and it definitely, you become aware of like, you know, even I have like a little leatherman, you know, like (coughs) what rolling with somebody with a knife would be. Oh, yeah. I mean, just because anything I touch is not working anymore. Yeah, that would. And starting to, just starting to leak. and, 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 you know, Mark talks a lot about the interview process of like, which is almost like a fencing term, but it's more about, you know, you're trying to gather information and project a false mm-hmm. you know a false lead or a, you know to uh, bring you into a place where and it, again you're going to have a half second to do anything oh yeah it's going to be in that moment and you hope you're there and your timing's there or you you know anyway it's 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 very scary stuff and once you get into the reality is, it, you know, if it doesn't give you nightmares, uh, you're not doing it right.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the, the whole knife game. And it's actually, you make another funny point about that that people don't normally think of, that within a relatively short range, but not necessarily a contact, I think you say like 20 feet or something, Yeah, a gun is less effective than a knife. Well,
3: it's called it the 20-foot, 1-foot rule. And so Dennis right. Tuller was a cop in Vegas in the 80s, and he started doing this testing because guys were getting stuck all the time. And he realized, this is testing cops, that if you were your gun was holstered uh if a guy was 21 feet or closer he was going to cut you before you got your gun out and shot him Mm -hmm. and you were going to miss most because of stress mean you're going to miss right it's like i forget what my uh, my friend was doing this um house uh, shooting this house and there was a uh there was a target as you came to the door you had to pull you had to present Mm -hmm. and fire there was a target and then behind the target was a four foot by four foot square bullet trap and people would miss the trap from six feet away. Jesus. So right. they were walking through the door and going, ah, and shooting like this or shooting, you know, and yeah. just, and missing this. You think it's impossible. You yeah. can't miss that. but of course. But, uh, yeah, and then so the, the, this is not me. This is what cops will tell you that the knife up close, the knife mm-hmm. is better than the gun because you, you know, stress doesn't fuck it up, it doesn't jam, you don't need to reload it. It's, you know, uh, shooting gun is fine motor skills. Yeah, you know, you really need cord- fine. Yeah, you, a you, tiny
0: difference. You have to, you know, the- say
3: focus on the front side You have to know yeah. what's going on. And SWAT team guys who shoot every day mm-hmm. can do it. Right. But most cops almost never shoot. Right. They shoot like two days a year or whatever because mm-hmm. they don't get paid to. And ammunition has gotten it's expensive, crazy right. expensive. So, um, yeah, the knife, the knife is something you don't forget how to use. Uh, it doesn't jam, and you're it's idiot proof. You know, and that's why it's more effective. And right. also you know like mark would always say he's like you know i can that's going to put a 4 inch gash that's 12 inches long right you know whereas if i shoot you once the bullet is you know is, is there's a pressure wave it's you know sure it's going to knock you back a little bit but it's people get you know shot all the time and live especially with handguns right so anyway, yeah, it's 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 a, it's counterintuitive. You think, fuck, if I get in a fight, I'd rather have yeah, a gun, again, the, and, yeah, and certainly yeah, the noise, you know, is yeah. a big part of things, and it has always been. Right. You know, even Napoleon would talk about the noise, uh, even when the the bow was better, the, the noise of the musket was mm-hmm. you know, an effective tool. And uh, but yeah, man, this is just, it's fun stuff, scary stuff, <laughs> yeah, it's, the, the nice stuff.
2: But the advice is run
3: yes yes parkour man parkour <laughs> that's what I was gonna do I was actually gonna get into it uh, and I, I never got around to making it happen but that was cause that's like the logical conclusion It's like well if the zombies are coming you need to get up on the fucking roof in the 30 seconds you know, right and, and that would be great but uh I didn't think it was gonna work too well as a, a book anyway and then I just didn't get to it have you
0: watched um, uh, The Walking Dead uh I, I mean i know what it is i've watched a little bit yeah, yeah. i'm familiar with the genre right yeah yes that one was pretty damn addictive man. yeah it's very it interesting how it's become yeah. most zombie things i've watched i'm like yeah whatever i get bored yeah. that one is freaking well done
3: yeah i know the uh, well i know the guys at amc i know i know yeah. that they brought it there and i know some of those guys and it's interesting yeah i mean god bless them they were stunned when it was like because my wife was doing the killing at that time and mm-hmm. like uh and uh, they were like, you know, it's like the biggest show on TV. Not just a cable show. It's yeah. like crazy what's happened to those guys. Yeah,
2: AMC's doing it right. Yeah, now. Yeah. yeah.
3: And uh, it's yeah, I, th- I think it's a very. There is something interesting about the jo- zombie genre, you know, uh, um, about why it is so. You know, it can be anything. Is part of it. It can be almost anything you want it to be. It can, right. You can do, you know, uh, drama or you know westerns or whatever you want in that kind of world. So oh,
2: definitely. There's a fantastic I don't know if we can mention it, but the War War Z book maybe one of my favorite for yeah, the past right. 5 years just yeah. so brilliantly done and executed and I'm not talking about the movie but at all but there's a great bit in there about how the Americans react and they realize the zombies freeze so they all pack up and move north right and they end up eating more of each other in the end because they weren't prepared and they showed up and the first 6 weeks were yeah. awesome because it was very kumbaya but by the end of the first week of winter right they yeah. were eating each other right right no, it's and a great it's just a really well put together thought out and I guess you can't present that in a film but
3: <laughs> yeah i mean you know they had their own is it was know its own thing but Max Brooks did a great job and it's you know it's like it's funny it's, it reads like an, an after action report by the UN you yep. know what I mean which is a brilliant way to do it it's so scary because yes. it, it has this authenticity to it and right. you know that was the tough part I think about fictionalizing it for a film is you know you needed three acts and all
0: that yeah stuff. to make it a little now there's one thing toward the end of the book that uh, I'm gonna quote something real quick is it as the word by the way that is W-R-L-D in case you guys are wondering because I cannot pronounce it. So, you know, as the globe (laughs) moves forward with 7 billion souls, sustainability isn't something that only the granola-crunching hippies should be talking about. 7 billion narcissists is almost as frightening as a zombie apocalypse. Um, do tell, cause yeah, so on one end you get this image that, you know, very intense environmentalism is like this hippie type of idea right. or the, at the same time you're bringing out, that's really not the case. And so if you want to expand on that.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, uh, we're there, man. We're right at it. You know, it's like, what are we with the carbons hit 400 parts per million and they were saying uh that three fi- the 350 was the problem you know so uh we're in the swing i mean yes it's happened before uh because of uh you know uh, comets and volcanic ac- but it's always been terrible uh <laughs> whenever we've gone into a real greenhouse you know 97.1 percent of the papers written in the last 10 years agree that it's anthrop- anthropocentric you know that it's human caused um and uh, we're effed, you know. We're fucked. It's it's bad, man. I mean, I think uh, you know, <clears throat> the joke is, sixty million people in Bangladesh got to find somewhere else to live in the next ten years. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's 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 gonna it's you know it's, it's we're on it, and, and I think it's interesting for guys like you and me, and we have kids. You know, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to buy a house in in Manhattan. You know, not for the price reason, but also because you know Hurricane Sandy is going to be one of these things that it's going to be yearly, right. and, and they're going to need. You know, stuff like Rotterdam has big, you know, gates and floods yeah. and da 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 da, and sandbags that come out every year. And, and it, you know, it's 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 what could happen in Florida. You know, there's 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 massive amounts of land that could be underwater. And and um, yeah, we're in it, man. You know, it's it's you're seeing it. So you know, may you live in exciting times. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> What's your forecast in that regard? Because obviously you hear from the. Flat out, crazy denial of nothing exists, everything is fine. I'm just gonna stick my hand in the sand and yeah. pretend nothing's happening. Yeah. To the the world is gonna go to crap tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what's your Well,
3: I think, you know, I am kind of on the, the crap side, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's the slow you know, it's slow. Um, sure. it's it's nothing, you know, it's uh, you know, fifty years, a hundred years, and, and there's other you know, there's hope. You know, there's tons of hope for for technology and, and for for ways to get rid of carbon but but it's um yeah i don't know man i i feel like uh you know they they, <clears throat> they talk about oh it's just this little tiny percentage you know but it's you know a little tiny percentage of cyanide mm-hmm. will kill you um and a little you know and and this this is self-reinforcing i mean look at the arctic ice stuff i mean it's you know it's obviously that's and, terrifying and even being with the inuit they were you know they were when i was up there they were like yeah the ice didn't come till january they were fucking shocked, right? And Montreal had its coldest winter on record, you know. So it doesn't necessarily mean everywhere at the same time sure, and all sure, that sure, stuff. Sure. But um, stuff is changing. Yeah, massively. and so you're gonna have, you know, you, uh, it's all that apocalyptic. You know, it's you're gonna have uh, crop circles moving. Like what's happening in Australia and these droughts and and you know, crop circles? I mean crop yeah <laughs> crop belts crop anyway. belts right right <laughs> like the <laughs> corn belt yeah excuse <laughs> me crop circles. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, um I even feel like I was just just messing with this the other day. I'm I'm working on a, another book proposal about um it's, it's about kind of the vanishing wilderness. I don't know if I can sell it, but uh you know, the the idea that um you know what's happening in Africa for the last hundred years has been our fault mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and, and and we are responsible for you know it's like it, i always was interested i was interested in whaling for a while i was doing a project and and you know the 19th century was lit with lamp with whale oil mm-hmm. we the, the the first world countries all made their bones you know gave them the edge and and fucking slave trade by the yep. way you know uh, and free labor and so to to now say that no oh, no one can wail like the japanese and the and you guys can't wail now it's our decision you know it's like right. there's, there's there's some some hypocrisy there's some stunning hypocrisy and to, and to say you know that we're not responsible for what's going on in africa uh with the droughts and 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 with you know even with strife i mean i'm i'm kind of a uh, you know hippy dippy in that way but i do feel like i mean even arguably aids is from western medicine i don't know you ever hear that theory mm-hmm. yeah Nothing. yeah so anyway i mean it's this is what happens with mutation and pasteurization if you right. use dirty needles to vaccinate a whole village yep you move that bug along and you know anyway so yeah i mean i just feel like sustainability uh i, I don't have a lot like a ton of optimism when i think about it but i'm going i mean i'm optimistic in general you know and i feel like uh it's never quite as bad as you think, and and uh, there's there's reasons to be, to be you know. So kind of it sucks, but it's not over yet. So it's not over yet. Let's keep rolling and I it. think you know, as long as he's it seriously, I don't know about you know. I, I, the the one argument I'd really hate is like, oh, the Chinese won't do it. Its like well, okay, so we won't do the right thing because the Chinese won't do the right thing what the fuck yeah. is that what is that where we come to right no
0: that's you know like
3: well still, says, we're still the biggest polluter in the world yeah. so like let's 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 you know I know the Chinese won't do it right, but uh, it doesn't matter um and uh, you know we have to it'd be nice to I think you know to do more you know in that direction, and I think there is there is a lot of hope with 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 green technology Winston still.
2: Churchill said. That the Americans can always be counted upon to do the right thing eventually, as a last resort, yeah,
3: at the last minute, yeah, totally, yeah. The, but it uh, is
2: terrifying that we could be the people on watch, and our kids' generation could be the last ones to see a tiger.
0: Well, I mean, oh yeah, uh, you know, and
2: that would be and the, the, the black rhino. Right. There's sub- yeah, a species yeah, of rhinos. Zambique, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that the Chinese can get their dicks hard. Yeah. Let's get some Viagra to those kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. In a hurry, because this is ridiculous
3: yeah and we're there, there you know and we're there you know yeah, it's, that we're, one's we're done. seeing it so uh, it's it's you know it's sad and it is it this i'm working on this book idea about like kind of the what the wilderness means and i mean listen it's been done a million times and trying to find a new take on it but uh
2: we'll but see. we are survivalists i mean this species was down to less than two thousand individuals at one point not so long ago yeah and seven billion people yeah, later, right?
3: And, and I just reviewed a book. Uh, it might even be, uh, oh yeah, something's up today for the San Francisco Chronicle. This this girl, uh, uh, Annalee Newitz, uh, who runs uh, a big. Uh, she's a great writer. She wrote a book called "Scatter, Adapt." Remember um, about what you know what humanity will do, and and it's 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 fun. It's a it's a good read, and, and it's exactly those questions. And I think you know, there's a decent chance that we'll make it for a little while. You know, but. Uh, She's thinking a million years. I don't know. I don't buy that. <laughs> that's that's it's a, long, long, I mean, it's a long
0: time. <laughs> how the hell do you even know if stuff 200 years from now yeah, and you're yeah. well, going you know, to Maybe far? we'll
3: make 1,000. I don't know. We yeah. don't
0: even know what day five will be like when electricity goes <laughs> yeah. out because I've heard famously
2: that L.A. will be out of food in five days. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's...
3: That's... that's uh, You know, and refrigeration. And listen, you know, people doing doing the book tour for Disaster Diaries. You know, everybody's... We're in cities talking and everyone's like, well, what's going to happen the cities are completely unsustainable like without the grid i mean they work because the grid works and without the grid there's a population there that can't there's not enough stuff you know it's there's a new equilibrium will be reached very quickly you know and that's what's going to happen so yeah you know that's what you're looking at so i think you know in terms of survivability like the 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 kind of intellectual side of it is be situationally aware in a bigger term sense you know i always i always uh think about my my friend i have a friend of mine uh whose grandparents got his parents out of Nazi Germany. They were Jewish. Two weeks before they closed the border. Ugh. And the decision was so difficult. You, know, you think about you know, you're a doctor, a lawyer, you've had a business. Biz- you know, think about right now. You have your business. You've done all this stuff. And you've got two weeks and to get your family out. And you're going to go to some place. You don't speak the language. You don't know anybody. And you're going to go with what you can carry. It's a fucking hard decision to make.
2: Yeah. How many cab drivers have you met in New York though that yeah, were that's how they lawyers, did it, you know, in yeah, Bangladesh, there were doctors you know? and
3: stuff. And 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 that's the decision and and being able to to make that call. That's the bitch of the bunch. And you know, and that's I think uh you know what you and, and then how many times are people wrong, right? They're always wrong. I mean, they've always been wrong so far. So I I definitely feel like, you know, don't panic and don't sell the farm, Margaret, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it's not time to to go live in a commune but you know you want to keep your eyes peeled you know and and there may be sometimes when you need i don't think it'll be permanent i don't think the us government's going to collapse permanently but i think you know a big disaster hits. so the next the big one hits la that's that's could be a month or two months for this whole area into san diego with no with no grid you know that's 40 million people no power and water no sanitation it's serious it's yeah. no joke and i think you know it, it's survivable and i think there's you know but y- if you live in la you need to have a month's worth of water in your house for right. sure yeah uh, yeah because yeah. i mean food you can last quite a bit yeah food, water, you, you, no. right now you right. go 28 days you know you, right. you'll you make it
0: three weeks yeah. or a month no definitely that's ended the thing you were mentioning earlier on about uh, Anasazi ruins in new mexico yeah. like a perfect case study right there because you have a story of a civilization that has done extremely well for themselves they have grown big and powerful building more and more complex society over centuries and then when things go to shit for them and they really go to shit badly in their case it doesn't happen in one day it doesn't happen in two days and part of the problem is exactly that it happens one percent a year right so over five years you don't even notice yeah over 10 years, you're like, eh, things have gotten a little worse, but right. big deal. The problem is that kind of inexorable slide downward right. that over time start kicking in and progressively get worse and worse and yeah. worse. And then in their case, they get hit with drought at the wrong time right. when they are already stretching things. And the thing that's amazing is that you're looking at people who are obviously crazy smart, who right. figured out a yeah. lot of how to live in a particular environment, build this complex civilization, And they don't figure it out a solution. They have ton of time to figure it out. Still don't. Yeah.
2: Did did they over chop the trees too? Is that what it was? And then it's too far out and.
0: Uh, there are there are some ideas in that regard about the fact that certainly the vegetation was, uh, there was more vegetation early on, and part and of it may hit. have been made, yeah, part yeah. of it is definitely changes in the environment because it was happening all across North America, for that matter, all over the world around that time period. So, you know, some of it is human responsibility, some of it is not, but part of it is once you get too big... For your own good, you know, you are doing okay as long as all the resources are in place. When something wrong happens, it's not just a little problem. It becomes a huge problem because you have already stretched it to the limit. Mm-hmm. It's just
2: amazing how we behave like the greatest bacteria ever created. We are consumers on an epic scale. Um, I did a film about Darfur. Right. And you end up with these encampments on the border of Chad with forty, fifty thousand 50,000 people in them. Right. And within six months, you're doing four clicks
3: to get firewood. Yeah 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 because we just decimate yeah yeah no it, it's it's tough it's man. and, and, and what, what are we headed for 15 billion or something like that or yeah, you know like, we're way too many people yeah right. i mean it's possible you know that it, it, but the grid better stay up you know yeah yep,
0: yep, uh, but
3: um anything else you want to throw out there no, you know, I, I, it's all there, man. I think uh, it's been great, and I got nothing to add. You know, whatever. You, you <laughs> to I don't know what's uh, okay, guys. So I think Sam if you come want, back and talk about being a firefighter, maybe. Oh yeah, we, yeah. Listen, I'll come back, and we can talk about drugs. And <laughs> oh,
0: Sam can't handle his drugs, but he's shooting coffee straight in his veins. <laughs> yes. And uh, three books by Mister Sam Sheridan. Uh, if you want uh, zombies and survival disaster, well, the last one, perfect. Uh, MMA related stuff both in a fighter's art which is actually more than MMA there's boxing, there's fighting and a whole bunch of other ways but definitely there's that aspect and then the whole theme of fear addressed in uh, by sort of the top pros whether in wrestling whether in uh, MMA whether in boxing various forms of combat sports and I think you had a few other people too yeah I an ultra marathoner guy yeah, and some exactly, other people pushing their limits yeah. in various ways uh, sort of the psychological angle on them. That's the fighter's mind. So check them out. And um, anything
3: else? Thanks for having me, you guys. It was great. Thank Do you so Yeah. It, man. Thanks. So. All right. Thank
0: you. And you guys don't eat each other when the apocalypse comes. And,
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> you have a good one.